Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Any place in the world, I mean in the world, you wouldn't want to be more than Buffalo, New York today. I mean, my God. (laughs) Well, three or four feet of snow up there in Buffalo. It's so bad that they had to move this weekend's NFL football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns to Detroit. They're not even going to play the football game in Buffalo because they're getting hammered with like three or four feet, not inches, feet of snow. And then uh, what's her name lives there, too? That um, that awful governor from this state, uh, Kathy Hochul, that witch. So you got uh, like, a, like a, a snowstorm and Kathy Hochul and, God, it's a terrible place anyway. I've been to Buffalo many times, many times. And I've gone to a place called the Steer, which is right by the university up there at Buffalo. And I uh, had fun, not going to lie, I had fun. But it is just a, it's downtrodden, it's depressing, it's cold, it's snowy. And outside of the Buffalo Bills football team, some uh, good chicken wings and uh, fat chicks, nothing doing up there. You know, talking about fat chicks, I've already been made to feel terrible this morning by my staff over here, which um, is unfortunate, but pretty predictable. This, uh, this story, Lou and uh, Phil, out of Idaho, is haunting me. Like, it is really depressing me. I know it's not local, but somebody's got to explain to me how four beautiful young college students end up dead. Not just dead, but according to all the police there in Boise, this was the goriest, bloodiest, roughest scene they've ever seen. And some of these guys have been in the business for 30 years. They've never seen anything like it. Blood everywhere, all over the walls. I mean, tons of blood for beautiful young people. So I said to, um, I guess it was Justin, maybe Phil, I forget. I'm like, look at these 
these two blonde girls specifically, they're like they're like pinup models. They're gorgeous. And how tragic. So right away, what do I get? Oh, oh, so so if they weren't pretty, or if they were fat, blah, 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 you wouldn't care as much. And that right away was the take from my staff, as if I placed somebody's appearance before a tragic story. Yeah, imagine. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's really, really uh, disappointing you guys would uh, would say something like that about me. That's... I'm appalled that that's yeah. what they said. To well, you. You, you, you agree with them. Don't start this nonsense, Lewis. You agree. Yeah, I agree, especially after the <laughs> spiel I heard yesterday. Oh, look. Oh, you, you want your sports guys to be honest. They're, they're being honest, and now you guys don't like it. Right. Okay. So this is you being honest. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you're being honest. It's great. You think I'm lying. No, I you think-, think I think it's a bigger tragedy because the girls were pretty than if some unattractive girl was murdered in Idaho. You think I place it's more tragic because the girls were pretty. You, I, you- I happened to know I was standing next to you in the newsroom. Right. All right. This was a couple of days ago when yeah. the story broke. You all of a sudden jumped, looked at the screen. Right. right. And you're like, oh, holy. What? What? Look at these girls. Look at these girls. Do you, do you see this? You hit me in the shoulder like three times. Yeah. Look at look at look look yeah, at how beautiful they this, are. This is terrible. Look how beautiful. Oh my God. This is terrible. They're dead. They who does that? Who does that? No, no, it didn't go. No, no, that's not. That's not the way. Phil, you were there. Phil. Phil was not there. Oh, but fine. Yeah, Phil, make make up something for Sid. So make up, <laughs> go ahead. Make up. Help him out. Hello. No. What, what do I need? Oh, well, do you well, believe this? Look how beautiful oh, they are. Oh, you're talking about the, the killings in Moscow? The, the, yes, the, in Idaho. Idaho. Not there right there seems to be this contention from my staff, you guys, that I feel like it's a worse tragedy because they were attractive people that were murdered. Yeah, I'm sure you would have had the same with four fat uh, boys. <laughs> yes, I would have felt the same yeah, way. You would have like not blinked an eye. Innocent young people getting murdered is a horrible story. <laughs> yeah. Fine. It right, is. Right. You think, Phil, that, that Lou is right, that I'm more upset because the girls were... I mean, that's that's the dumbest thing I've ever... It's it's, it's really... It's insulting, It's, actually, it's yeah. insulting. Right. It's awful. I don't think it would have caught your, your attention as much. Like, you're you're all the same. Wow. You really think that little of me. You really do, don't you? Being honest. We're being honest. You want to be honest about your teammates, remember? I, understand. I know. The Kevin Durant thing yesterday. I get it. So now you guys are giving me my own... Taste of honesty. Now, by the way, you're all wrong, and it's, Mm -hmm. again, it's unfortunate, and my listening audience, I hope, knows that I I couldn't care either way. Young person dies, it's tragic, no matter what they look like, no matter what their job is, no matter who they are. But if you guys want to depict me in in that way, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, whatever you say, Nick Claxton. (laughs) Now, who's Nick Claxton? He's one of the crappy players on the Nets. That Kevin Durant was complaining about? Yeah, he's pretty good, but yeah. He... He's not pretty good. He stinks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't play with these guys. Do they know anything about this? Where's Deb Valentine? Did she leave? What yes. do we know about this? Uh, have they, they have any leads on who may have done this or why they, they did it? Or uh, From what I'm reading, the killer's still out. Well, I know that. But do they have any idea why somebody would break into this? Was it a fraternity house? A uh, What do you know about this? Anything? No, it was an, in an apartment. Yeah. There do they have no idea why somebody would go in there and, and do what they did? Or I don't know. It's... It's, it's a pretty brutal murder. It's terrible. All right, so whenever we get more information, but please don't do not do that, guys. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm a lot 
I, I, there are times, I'll admit, where I come off a bit shallow. Oh, is it really? Has <laughs> this happened before? <laughs> if it happened, I might have missed. I must have missed it. It's, <laughs> it's, I never really picked God. up on that. So yesterday was uh, a bu- you know, I, li- I like the, I like this woman who's running for office right there. Where South Dakota? Look, at she, and she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, so, you're talking about. Can you, I mean, you're talking about. A, a, what, does she, what does she stand for? No, no. For listen, anyway? Carrie Lake is a is a good looking lady. That's yeah. fine, but she is she has all the right the political uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, the policies, all that. So she, she, she you know she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, you're right. You would take a, a bullet for a Kentucky <laughs> congresswoman. <laughs> If she's just decent looking. <laughs> oh, look at her. Why is she not Why is she not get elected? It makes no sense. You, is this a joke? Do you really believe I'm like that? All kidding aside. Lewis, you know me for 25 years. You really believe I'm like that? I'm completely joking around. Yes, it's you're not nothing like that. <laughs> I just told the story. I hate you, guys. How is standing, it possible? I'm standing next to you, 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 you jumped no, 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 out of your skin because like I was so. Seen. I was. It's a tragic story, it, Lewis. It is a tragic for you. Yes. Who kills four beautiful women like this? <laughs> no, no it, was, it was. It was three girls and one guy. Okay. Well, the guy was cute too. Yeah, was beautiful. Right. A beautiful man. By the way, they didn't put the guy on the TV screen at that point too. They had the girls on. That was shocking. They know there's a lot of shits watching. Fine. That's what caught your attention. Okay. We're going to move to a different story now because I don't like the way I'm being um, labeled on this show. I really don't. Okay, uh, who's this guy? Better. Who's James Comer, Macedonia Bill, for the listening audience? This is a huge political story. So for the listening audience, who is Rep. James Comer? He's a Kentucky congressman. Oh, Kentucky. Yes. Oh, there you have it. Well, he was the guy that came out yesterday and said, now that we've won the House, I did say we, Bill O'Reilly, I am a Republican, even though I've got three liberals coming on the show today, Ron and Santa, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and Mayor Eric Adams, although I'm not even sure Eric is a liberal. We'll talk about that later. But um, I am a Republican. You're not going to hear anybody outside of Sean Hannity be more supportive of President Trump than me anywhere on radio, anywhere. In fact, I had Kimberly Gilpoil yesterday. You don't get Kimberly unless you're really up Trump's rectum. Uh, Lee Zeldin, of course, couldn't wait to come on the show with me. Every Republican wants to come on my show, every one of them. That doesn't mean I don't talk to Democrats, because I do. If you think that makes me woke, you're stupid. I don't care. But I do want to see the Republicans, now that we've taken over the House, we have, go after the Bidens. Here we go. And it's not because payback is a bitch. It's not because they made Donald Trump's life miserable, which they did. One hoax after another. They just couldn't find a way to get him. For me, this is not about revenge. For me, this is about the Bidens, both the big guy, Joe, and his degenerate son, Hunter. And I'm calling him a degenerate. That's when you know you're bad. Uh, Those two guys broke the law. Not about revenge. Not because, well, you went after my guy Trump, now I'm going after you. I mean, there is some added value to that, to be honest. But this is about these guys breaking the law. So Rep. James Comer out of Kentucky made this gorgeous announcement yesterday. Lou Rapino, this is cut number one. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. 
Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the President's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims <laughs> Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, oh and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. And that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. I now... So uh, Jim Jordan, my friend out of Ohio, he's been on the show with me a couple of times, a great senator, Jim Jordan, out of Ohio. He wants some blood here, too, and he wants some questions answered, just like most curious Americans. Jim Jordan out of Ohio, I should say, said this yesterday about this Biden corruption at the presser. Lewis, this is cut number 12. So I think that, that I think there are all kinds of questions that need to be answered, and we're, we're determined to get there. Here's some of them that I have. Did the FBI brief Twitter as well? We know they briefed Facebook. We know that had an impact on the election. There's been surveys done where, where thousands and thousands of voters across this country said it might have impacted their decision in the election in 2020. Did the FBI brief any of the 51 former intelligence officials who signed that letter? Again, that letter that became the pretext for suppressing this story. Who did the briefings? Who briefed Facebook? So that was the presser yesterday after the Chris Ray hearings. Don't forget, Mayorkas spoke yesterday on the Hill. FBI Director Chris Ray spoke yesterday on the Hill before he actually took the jet and uh, went on vacation. So Jordan started by talking about the Bidens and uh, finding out all of their corruption. And then he talked about the rest. That the FBI, of course, is involved in. I know we got a bunch of uh, Chris Ray. Let's uh, let's do this one, talking about Facebook, talking about Twitter, and their role in all of this. This would be uh, Christopher Ray Lewis, cut number twenty-six. Director Ray, is uh, Facebook or any other social media company supplying private messages or data on American users that is not compelled by the government or the FBI? Not compelled. In other words, not in response to legal processes. No warrant, no subpoena. They're just supplying you information on their users. Uh, I don't believe so, but uh, but I can't sit here and, and be sure of that as I as I sit here. Can you give us a, a yes or no by going back to your team and asking? Because it's a very specific question. Because if they are, it's against the law. The law, the Stored Communications Act, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act of 1986 prohibits providers from sharing electronic communications with any person or entity unless it's compelled. This was done to protect the privacy of people so we could feel like we can send an email or direct message to people without having that information given over. It's a very specific question. Will you get with your team of lawyers and give us a specific answer? Because this is the law. If you're doing it, then we need to go to court to prevent you from receiving this information. Well, I, I, I can tell you that I'm quite confident we're following the law, but what I will also well, that's do not is follow the answer. up with that's you. Not but, the but I will also follow up with yeah. you to make sure that we get you yeah. more information, more detailed information. 
Wow, this, that sounds exciting. This man. guy is so corrupt and so crooked. Then he takes one of their planes and goes on vacation, but not before one of my favorite politicians in the country, Senator Josh Hawley, out of the great state of Missouri, threw the knockout punch, FBI Director Chris Ray, and it sounded something like this. Lewis, cut number 11. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. (laughs) And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. (laughs) Well, I don't. And frankly, Scarlett, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. Oh, Red, come back. So you had Mallorcas speaking yesterday, Christopher Ray speaking yesterday, Nancy Pelosi stepping down. She got some ringing endorsement from Chuck Schumer, and it looks like Hakeem Jeffries, Ayit Sardines, maybe next in terms of leadership in the House for the Democrats. We'll talk about all of this stuff, plus a major award yesterday goes to a New York Yankee after an historic season in the Bronx. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Going to be a great Friday show once again. Ron and Santa, Radio Hall of Famer, all-time great Christopher Mandog Russo, and the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, all to come your way. Keep it right here. I'm Sid on a Friday, only on Talk Radio 77, WABC. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Poor kids in Idaho, Van Halen, beautiful girls at 623 on your Friday morning. So last night, before we get to our guest today, Ron and Sana, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Mayor Eric Adams, and all the stories you need to know, again, Mayorkas and Ray on the Hill. Last night, I did what I do every year, and that is attend the Teddy Atlas, Theodore Atlas Foundation annual dinner. Teddy was on with us two days ago. And he puts on this uh, really extravagant charity dinner on Staten Island every year, the week before Thanksgiving, at the Staten Island University Hilton, I guess. It's a nice hotel, very nice. And it's, um, it's a great night raising money for great causes. He helps a lot of kids and families around the world, families that can't afford stuff like a wheelchair, you know, some medical stuff that... Most kids have insurance for or could afford. These kids can't, and Teddy Atlas finds a way to help them. It's an amazing charity inspired by his father, who was a huge success, a doctor on Staten Island. The old, those old doctors, remember they made house calls and all that stuff? That was uh, Teddy Atlas's dad, Theodore. So his father inspired this foundation, and it's a wonderful dinner. They packed this place. I got to think there's four or 500 people there. About to take a guess. And then at the very front of the room of this uh, really nice conference room is a huge dais. And every year, Teddy uh, has a ton of big-name people on that dais. So three years ago, 
Teddy Atlas decided that he was going to give out the Jack Newfield Award. For you folks who don't know who Jack Newfield is, he was a big-time writer. I think he did a lot of sports, but I'm not even sure. I think it was mostly politics. Many, many, many years ago, an an all-time great here in New York. So every year, Teddy Atlas gives out the Jack Newfield Award for journalistic integrity. So three years ago, he gave that award to me and Bernie. Now, I've been going to this dinner for a long time. And, of course, uh, Teddy knew who Bernie was. And he listened to us occasionally. But he bestowed that honor upon us. And that was the year, that specific night in 2019, when we had that massive, talking about the Buffalo snowstorm, that massive snowstorm here in New York City. When I say massive, it wasn't 20 inches. It wasn't 25 inches. It was like five inches. But it crippled the city. I was living on the Upper West Side at the time, and me, Danielle, Gabe, and Ava were heading to Staten Island to get this coveted award. And this is not, I'm not exaggerating, it took us four hours to get from 104th and West End, Upper West Side, to the Lincoln Tunnel. Four hours. And we decided to turn the car around and just go home. Same thing happened to my friend Joseph Abu that night. But Bernard, he left right after the show, before the snow hit that morning, went straight to Staten Island, got a room at that hotel, so he made it there. I think like 25% of the people showed up that year. And so Bernie was there to accept that coveted award on our behalf three years ago. And it was nice. He made a speech, brought it back. In fact, I remember one picture that Bernie took that year, and it was him with Tony Sirico. The old-time Paulie Walnut's great, and they both died this year, Bernie and Tony. I remember that picture very, very well. So last night, I go back to this event as I do every year, and the day is just filled with recognizable names, people like Bill Sims and Chuck Zito, Max Kellerman, Brian Kenny, the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa, some big-time boxers you may or may not know. Um, just a, a, a variety of big-name people in the entertainment industry, sports mostly, you know. And I go to Teddy, I go, listen, I'm not scheduled to speak tonight, and I look great. I went to the garage, saw my buddy Anthony, bought a nice mock turtleneck, a brand-new jacket. Uh, I really did. I looked sharp last night. I go, Teddy, I'd like to say something. Give me just two or three minutes because Bernie was at this event just a couple of years ago. You gave us the award. And I'd like to say something to these people here because I know they're big Bernie and Sid fans. Oh, my God, of course, please. So he allowed me to do that, which was very nice. And the crowd there last night, which is mostly Staten Island Republicans, got up and gave Bernie a rousing round of applause, as I've done in a bunch of places now. And it was a beautiful tribute. By the way, the man that received that award last night, the same award me and Bernie won three years ago, all-time great Marv Albert, who, by the way, was in attendance to receive the award last night, and he came up on stage not long after me. Very cool to see Marv last night. Marv's been a friend of mine for many, many, many years, often on my shows down in Miami, talking basketball at the time when the Heat had Bosch and Wade and James and it was great seeing Marvin. He won the award last night. But uh, they allowed me to talk about Bernard. And the irony here is that maybe only five hours before I talked about Bernie at this Teddy Atlas dinner, I received a text 
from his wife, Carol. Now, I have not talked to Carol in a bunch of weeks. You may remember it was a Friday, what, about three weeks ago already, when Bernie's kids, his uh, beautiful daughter, Melanie, and his uh, terrific son, Brendan, did an hour with me here live in studio. And they were leaving that Sunday to go to Disney World with Carol. And they did that. And I have not talked to anybody in the McGurk family since. I just assumed they were there and didn't really want to. I feel like uh, when I talk to them that it brings back a lot of memories about the show, their father. So if they reach out to me, it makes me very, very happy. But I'm hesitant to reach out to them, if that makes sense. And I was at the funeral, at the gravesite, did all that stuff. But she reached out to me yesterday and I said, how'd it go? And she said, Sydney, it was the most depressing trip we ever took. She goes, we walked around Disney World. We would toast to be, hold our drinks up. That was great. But she said, overall, it was a very depressing trip. And she's still having a very, very difficult time. But she texted me to tell me, get this, the day that the kids went here that morning, you may remember, was the same day my beautiful wife Danielle was here. And we had the radiothon for dyspraxia, right, for my son. Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia, which so many of you donated to. We did very, very well that morning. Thank you so much. Thanks to John Katzmatidis for allowing me to do it. But Carol had told me that morning, listen, I want to make a donation before I go to Florida. But she got busy, didn't do it. So she texted me yesterday to say, I'm sorry, I just made a donation. I said, really? Come on. First of all, you do not have to make a donation. Second of all, You've been going through an awful lot, obviously. Don't worry about it, please. No, 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 no. Love you, love Danielle, love Gabriel, love the whole thing. And she made a a sizable donation to the charity yesterday, which was very, very nice. So it was a big Bernie day for me yesterday between talking to his wife, Carol, in the afternoon and then, of course, honoring my late partner last night at the Atlas Dinner, where once again we received... A beautiful award three years ago. The awards keep coming. Uh, I get a lot of them now. And I'm always quick to thank Bernard. Much like Aaron Judge won the AL MVP yesterday for the Yankees. And every time he made a speech, he made it less about himself and more about the team. Which is nonsense. Because the team didn't hit 62 home runs. Aaron Judge did. But it sounds nice. Oh, people love that. It's not about me. It is about me. Of course it is. <laughs> but not in this case. So whenever I do win something, I make sure I mention Bernard. And, and um, we won nothing last night, but I felt like before Marv Albert got his award that I should make mention of Bernard. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Ron and San is coming up next. Do I have the clip of the day here? Uh, I, I just was, don't I care anyway. About that. I just I, don't I, care. Yeah. Just go to traffic. But, but, we'll do it later. Okay. Uh, this is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, Justin, I'll look here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are 
America's best Bill Poilers, so I'm going to cover everything that uh, Joe Nolan already uh, already hasn't, I guess. <laughs> and all rise here as Yankee star outfielder Aaron Judge did notch uh, the final accolade to top his historic 2022 season as he's crowned the American League's most valuable player. He received 28 out of 30 first-place votes to edge out the two-way Anaheim stud in Shohei Otani. St. Louis Cardinals first baseman Paul Goldschmidt took the NL honors, beating out teammate Nolan Arenado and San Diego Padres third baseman Manny Machado. But here was Judge on winning the award uh, after Giancarlo Stanton gave him the honors. 2022 AL MVP award to none other than Aaron Judge. Congrats, man. <laughs> I always feel like any award you get, it's never an individual award. It's it's a it's a team effort, you know, through and through. And uh, it's this is it means a lot. That's courtesy of MLB Network. And over to the ice now, Joe Nolan's New Jersey Devils. you got to make it 11 straight as they best the Maple Leafs in Toronto by a score of 3-2 to two in overtime. Nico Heischer, Jesper Brad both scored goals and went with Vitek Vanacek's 25 saves in net to help the Devs improve to 14-3 and three overall. The 11 straight wins marks the third time the Devils have reached the mark in franchise history. They'll try and make it 12 in Ottawa on Saturday against the Senators. And for the Islanders and Rangers, the gap between them and the Devils did get a little bit wider in the Metropolitan Division last night as they both suffered losses. The Islanders fell 5-4 to four in Nashville to the Predators to fall 6 points back, while the Rangers, they lose 3-2 to two in Seattle against the Kraken to drop 8 points behind top dog New Jersey. Both teams back on the ice tomorrow after an off day today. And on the hardwood, the Nets, they pulled out a nail-biter in Portland against the Trumplers, just squeaking out the 109 to 107 win. Royce O'Neal, he played the hero in Brooklyn, tipping in the winner with uh, just under a second left on the clock to complete his triple-double, and Kevin Aran, he led the Nets in scoring with 35. And Thursday night football, we saw the Titans cover the spread against the Packers in Green Bay. Tennessee comes away with the 27-17 victory. Locally this weekend, you got the Jets, three-and-a-half-point dogs in New England against the Pats, and uh, Sunday at 1, and joining them Sunday at 1, the Giants, three-point favorites at home, with the Detroit Lions in town. Kickoff set for, of course, 1 o'clock as well. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabulaw.com. That's G a-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Straits, money for nothing, get your chicks for free. 6.42 on your Friday morning. Chuck Zito was um, was there last night. My buddy, he's in that television show Gravesend with me. I get asked all the time, 
when is season two coming out? And I don't know the answer yet. I talked to Willie DeMeo when I can about it, but uh, he's busy. I'm busy. But it is coming out. It's going to be great. You know, my upper season there and Andrew Dice Clay, Armand Asante, and Chaz Palminteri, Vinny Pastore, a list of great actors. I would uh, guess sometime around December, and I would guess Amazon Prime, but I'm not sure. But um, it looks like my next acting opportunity will come with uh, my next guest, who's one of the real great economic minds for the last 30 years. Done an amazing job on CNBC for a very long time, and I'm his favorite, and of course now a Sid favorite, and a close personal friend to the Rosenbergs, live from Los Angeles, where right now it's 3.42 a.m., is my good friend Ron and Sana. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Yes, why, why are you up at us? Why are you up this uh, time of the morning? Just for me? Because well, you asked if I'd come on the show. Absolutely. Would you be up anyway, like jogging or um, no, no jogging? jogging. <laughs> what planet do you live on? <laughs> well, thank you for doing this again. Circle four a.m. in Los Angeles. I did mention Gravesend and uh, my next acting opportunity. You talked about this this scandal that um, took place. The stock market nearly crashed back in nineteen sixty three. In and around the time President Kennedy was assassinated, and it's making yep. for a great movie about Tito DeAngelis, which I've got a nice-sized role in. But I did find out from you a couple days ago, I was under the impression we were shooting this movie in Bayonne, New Jersey. Now you're telling me i got to leave the country. Yeah, we're not going very far. I mean, for the moment, anyway, and things can always change. It looks like we'll be shooting it in Canada. There are some advantages from a tax perspective and other currency perspective that make your American dollar go much farther across the border. So, uh, yeah, it looks like that's going to happen. We're planning a February shoot date, and uh looks like we're, as they say in the business, greenlit. Do we so, know uh, what's – are we going to be in Montreal, Toronto? Do we know what city no, yet? Probably Toronto. 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 Hamilton, that area. Yeah. Awesome. I can stay at Ron Duguay's house, which is uh, pretty cool. He lives in Toronto. Do whatever you like. Yeah, because <laughs> we won't have to pay for it. Yeah. Right. And I'll have to find a radio station in Toronto to do yes, this show from. Find- That'll be easy. Yeah, yeah they're, they're very big on, on uh, domestic content, however. So I'm not <laughs> sure how far you're going to get on radio there. What are you talking about? I'll have to make friends. I've done it with Mayor Adams. I can do it with, um, what's his name there again in Canada? That uh, wussy. What's his name? Yeah. Trudeau. Yeah, Trudeau. I can't stand him. But uh, Canada's a beautiful country, and I'm looking forward to doing that come February. Uh, but the, the main reason why you're on this morning is uh, recession. Uh, it's been mentioned yeah. again the last couple of days. No one is denying it anymore. There is no, well, depends on definition. Everybody seems pretty resigned now to a recession coming. And now the question is, just how bad is it going to be? Tell us, Ron, how bad is it going to be? Don't know yet. So here's here's the thing. We're not in one right now. I mean, it's it's by, you know, whether you look at the technical definition or whether you look at reality. I mean, I'm sure you've been to an airport. I'm sure you've been to a restaurant. I'm sure... You know, uh, you've been in a whole host of places where there are a lot of people, which indicate that economic activity hasn't slowed that much. Real estate is certainly in recession across the country because interest rates have shot up, mortgage rates have shot up. The Federal Reserve and, and several different officials have spoken over the course of this week saying they're going to raise rates further. Uh, one Fed official was yesterday said we could see short rates go as high as 7%. Let me stop you for America. a second because I heard that yeah. and – uh, I was told the reasoning behind these interest rates going through the roof, which, again, as you talk about, destroys the real estate market, is 
they believe by raising the interest rates, that may reduce inflation. Explain to me how that could be the case. Well, you slow the economy so much that the demand for goods and services falls. And when the demand for something falls, by definition, the supply goes up. If the supply goes up and the demand goes down, the price of something has to fall. So inflation, which is a measure of prices, comes down even if a recession is the proposed cure for the problem. And right now, it looks like the Federal Reserve is willing to accept some kind of recession in order to cool the economy off and bring down prices and wages so that there's not the risk of a 1970s-style wage price spiral. I don't think that that's the problem here. I disagree with the Fed's positioning and historical analogs, but this is the direction we're going in right now. Wow. So uh, if, in fact, this recession recession hits, when it hits, I should say, when do you think you say right now, yes, you're right. I mean, I go out in Manhattan. I go out in Queens and Brooklyn. Uh, thank God my friends' restaurants are all doing great. They're packed. Doesn't seem like people are struggling just yet. We'll get the real, I guess, indicator, Ronnie, the next couple of weeks coming up with Christmas and Hanukkah less than a month away, what, what the shopping looks like. Is that when you think we'll start to see the actual recession numbers hit? No, the the indicators that we're looking at probably suggest that we're still six months away. So, six months, okay. So, yeah. so do you and expect that, that the holidays? Twenty twenty three. So you think twenty twenty three? So you expect that people will still spend money this holiday season? Well, that's not what we're hearing. I mean, we will spend money, but you know, Target came out the other day and said that they're expecting a slowdown in in holiday sales. FedEx is laying off people going into the, the season where they t- typically tend to hire people, Amazon laying off corporate staff, so maybe not so much on the you know, e-commerce side. But there, there's some concerns that some of the layoffs we're seeing are an indicative of a, of a slowdown in consumer spending. And a lot of folks have started to talk about the last week of October where consumers seem to have pulled back pretty hard. So we'll get, you know, as we move into the holiday season, we'll get more and more information around that. But consumer spending could be slowing down. But again, when you look at most of the indicators or most of the economic numbers that we get, they're just not yet consistent with recession. There's one key indicator, an in-the-weeds indicator. It's the yield curve. It's the relationship of short to long-term interest rates. Right now, that particular indicator, which has 100% predictive power, says within 6 to 15 months we'll be in a recession. doesn't tell us how big. doesn't tell us how long it'll last. But if the Fed keeps on this course – Certainly no doubt in my mind that that's where we'll end up sometime next year. Is it uh, absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous to even mention the word depression? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's not. Depressions are, you know, since that term was used to describe what happened in the 1930s, you know, we used to call recessions in, in the 19th century depressions. That was the common usage for the word. The Great Depression was it was a unique event that happened around the world. Um, and, and it was really, you know, the culmination of a lot of different things. And when you got to a 25% unemployment rate, which is what happened during the Great Depression, and you had people, you know, not only thrown out of work, but the economy basically stopped functioning, that, that's something that, that is extremely rare. So you can have a garden variety recession. You can have, as we are in the stock market right now, you know, a pretty steep bear market where prices fall 25%, which is about what we've seen. And it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. There's a lot of variables out there. There's the war in Ukraine. There's inflation and recession in Europe. China's still slow, still has a zero COVID policy that's preventing the global economy from fully recovering. And God knows what they may do with Taiwan sometime in the future. But, you know, everything else being equal, 
you, you know, we're going into some kind of recession. But you, everything doesn't always have to be the end of the world. It's just, you know, a rough patch. And we've had plenty since I've gotten in the business 38 years ago. You know, this this is not the first rodeo we've gone through. It's tough for people in middle income and lower income, you know, uh, cohorts, as they say in economics. Uh, but, you know, some people will notice it. Some people won't. Um, could be a little painful. Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, said that himself. We'll just have to wait and see what the you know depth and breadth is like as, as we move farther into next year. Well, when you answer this question, take your political preference out of it because we know where you lean, which is not the same yeah. way that I lean. That's okay. Listen, you and I are best friends, and you're a genius, and I don't care. So take your political preference out well, of this. My when you... children, by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, the question is uh, very simple. Uh, are you surprised with inflation still very, very, very high? Don't tell me it came down. It's still very high. It's ridiculous. Interest rates going through the roof. Recession basically around the corner. Are you surprised with all that said that the Democrats had the success they had retaining the Senate even last election day? Not in a post-Dobbs world. I mean, if you look at the breakdown and the composition of voters, young people and especially young women – Women more uh, broadly turned out to vote because of, I think, you know, much more um, personal social issues that were at the forefront. And I think it, and, and, and despite what the poll said, it's clearly in the data that those issues overshadowed concerns about inflation. And so, you you know, the Democrats held the Senate and, and the Republicans didn't Stupid do people. nearly as well in the House. Stupid well, people. Listen, I mean, God, they're, they're, they're stupid, young, right? Ronnie, they're stupid about the future of life. Oh, stop Why? it. Just stop it. Please stop it. It's not even illegal in New York uh, abortion. I'm not going to go back into that. Um, listen. Well, they, you know, yeah, what? what did Lindsey Graham say? Be right before the election. Oh, Lindsey Graham's an idiot, too, and I love him, but he's an idiot, too. Who cares what he said? Uh, so what, what, what can we expect from Washington, D.C. now, moving forward with all this recession talk and, quite frankly, a very shaky economy? What can we expect moving lot. forward? <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. You, you know, this is... Is where you get gridlock. You know what's interesting in, in a weird way. I mean, if, a couple of different things that are actually positive. After the midterms, uh, the stock market, generally speaking, in the next year is up. Third year of a presidential cycle, best year of stock market performance. Democratic presidents, Republican Congress, split government of that composition provides the best stock market returns since 1850. So, I don't think you're going to see a lot done out of Congress. I just don't see any way that any Biden uh, agenda item gets passed, except for um, appointments and, and you know nominations that he might have for the federal bench or regulatory positions, which will make it through the Senate. Uh, but as far as meaningful legislation with the Republican House that's now you know starting investigations of its own, I, it seems to me like it's gridlock for the next two years until we figure out who's running for president, you know, and and who who really shapes up in the battle for the presidency in 2024. Well, there's only uh, there's two words, uh, Ron and Sana, two words that will provide a quick fix to the economic issues we've got today. You ready for them? Mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I know you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the last year of his presidency was... Uh, oh, you, no, no, don't give me that. The COVID. No, 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 listen, you think he did? it well, was rough on him? Did you see the numbers for the GMP before he left? If Joe Biden, God forbid, was president the last year when COVID hit this country, we would be in a depression. Don't give me that last how many, year of Trump. How many jobs have been recovered since uh, Biden's been in office? Just curious. Not enough, and and not enough companies have moved. Million, I don't care. Have, not enough companies have moved back to this country. Not enough companies have moved back to this oh, country God, that left. Back like crazy. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's not true. Yeah, they are. 
But give me oh, give yeah, me give me a few on. examples of big companies that have come back here like crazy. Give me a few. Intel, Intel, Nvidia, Taiwan Semiconductor is actually opening a computer chip factory in the United States. Um, you have a whole host of manufacturing companies bringing facilities back to the United States. We're doing also something called friendshoring, looking for countries to uh, create manufacturing hubs that aren't China. And so all of that's going on. You know, it would have happened irrespective of of who was in the White House. But the the competition with China, the change in China's political environment relative to what we've seen in the last 40 years has made it much less reliable. As H.R. McMaster mentioned on CNBC earlier in the year, we traded as part of globalization supply chain security for supply chain efficiency. So there are a lot of companies now that want to be uh, – they want to have – their production closer to home or at home, and so that it is actually happening uh, at rather great speed, particularly in sensitive areas like computer chip manufacturing. So that is happening. It would have happened no matter who was president, but it's happening. You want Michelle Obama to run? Tens to hundreds. You want Michelle Obama I to run? To do with him? Oh, I didn't even know she was contemplating. No, I, well, I mean that is the. I'm not even sure she is either. She's on a book tour right now. She's ending up on all these uh, stations that. That may, in fact, uh, lend to a political run. That seems Miranda Devine, for example, was on me yesterday, New York Post, great columnist, and she thinks she's going to uh, run. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't think so? I don't know. Look, at I mean, no, I don't. Well, listen, I mean, I, I think Joe Biden has to say he's not running for something like that to happen, and then after that, I think the field's wide open. So you'd be looking at everybody from the, the vice president, oh, yeah. to Gavin Newsom out in oh, California, to oh, yeah, Pete Buttigieg, yeah, yeah. to oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Michelle Obama. I don't know. What, what a, um, some, I'm not. I'm certainly not ready to throw my hat in the ring. Uh, I wish you happen, would. So. I'd rather have you president than Pete Buttigieg or Kamala Harris. Oh, I'd, my I'd, God. I'd to, I would have to. It's Kamala. <laughs> I'd have to run as a— uh, How do you know it's Kamala? Party. She says her name ten different ways herself. I've, I've, I've never heard her say her name ten times. Yes, ways. no, I mean, she's actually called herself Kamala father, and Kamala. She doesn't even know her own my father, name. Yeah. My father used to pronounce our last name differently. So when when we were just in regular life, it was in Sana, when he was doing phone solicitation at night, he used to say Insana to make us sound more American. There you go. Well, that's what then she he, does, I guess. He eventually changed it to Shields. <laughs> Shields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. This is Art Shields. Would yeah. you like to buy yeah. life insurance? So where are you staying? Are you in Los Angeles or Beverly Hills right now? Yeah. Well, I'm actually no. I'm in uh, Costa Mesa. I'm in oh, uh, the nice. Southland. I'm in Orange County. Very yeah. Nice. Yes. 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 Lovely down here, and it's. 80 degrees, 70 degrees. I know. It's beautiful. Miami, too. And well, my listen. Bills had to go to Detroit. My bills had to go to Detroit this weekend oh, yeah. because they're getting six feet of snow in one day. I know. In no. Buffalo. I know they're going to play the Browns in Detroit. They've already gotten a whole bunch of snow up there. So, uh, snow and Kathy Hochul. What a beautiful winter wonderland. Hey, uh, I love you to pieces. Thank you for getting up early Same in here, California. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you. All right. Be Take, well. You, too. Take care. Live from L.A., folks. That's a smart man right there. I'm, I, he's a really smart man. And he's a loyal guy. I like that about him. I miss love Ron Insano. You love Ron Insano, Lewis, don't you? You know I love loyalty, Sid. I've always loved it. Ronnie, I don't agree with everything, but he's loyal. And that's what I care. You're terrific, Sid. That's a great hour. You're terrific. Lou goes in my ear during the conversation. He goes, what do you do? You bring on these people just to yell at them. I know what you do. I I know your game, Sidney. Don't try it. I know your game. But you're still terrific. I still love you. Well, I mean, come on. No one's coming back here. There's no jobs coming back. Enough of that nonsense. Okay, we know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Still to come, Radio Hall of Famer. He's one of the all-time greats, legitimately Christopher Mad Dog Russo. He'll be here at 740. And Mayor Eric Adams. Mayor Eric Adams will be here at 840. Big Friday morning with me, Sid, right here only 
on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Some more Pink Floyd as we wrap up the 6 a.m. hour. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, polls, I guess, every year at the end of the year. And they rate the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. And this one right here, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, is always at the top of the list. Like, like for 50 years, I don't know how old this song is, but 40 years, this has always been number one. Usually the top three, not any specific order. This is one. It's like Hey Jude by the Beatles and Freebird. By Leonard Skinner is a top five song, too. But, And I love that song, Stay Away to Heaven. I'm a big Led Zeppelin guy. That is not the greatest rock and roll song of all time. That is not the best Led Zeppelin song of all time. Far, far It's a great song. Don't give me it's not a great song. It is overplayed. But it's not their best song, right? Lewis, not even close. Plus, it was stolen. From? Spirit. And they did, didn't, there was like a whole controversy about that oh, with yeah. Robert Plant, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you listen to the two things, and it's They're almost clear. identical, yeah. yeah. Well, the only plus- guy that I know that got in trouble for that was um, uh, the Thick, the kid Robin Thick. He stole a song, and he got in trouble a couple of years ago, and he yep. actually lost that lawsuit. Yep. Some stole some Marvin Gaye song, but... Yep. But yep. uh, that song, you're right, Stairway to Heaven, was uh, clearly pilfered from yep. someone. And they were, they were on tour together, yeah. those two bands, back in the 70s. Is that true? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, why, yeah. that's why it has yeah. credence to it. Yeah. But you're not going to beat Led Zeppelin in the court of law, especially when the guy's dead. What is your favorite Led Zeppelin song of all time? I would have to say, I don't know. Yeah, hard, hard question, right? I would say, um, uh, Trampled Underfoot. Trampled underfoot. 
the greatest Led Zeppelin song ever. Okay, I don't know, actually. You know, the kid in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, remember Damone gave the other kid advice? Make sure you play side two, two of, of Led, Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin 4. 4. Yeah, it was, the wrong, it was the wrong song. Yeah, well, everybody points that out. Well, Thank it you. is true. It was the wrong song. It's the wrong thing. I think right. it's the wrong album too. it's the wrong album too I yeah think. they totally screwed oh, no. that whole thing up Ca- yeah cashmere cashmere exactly and that's right on, yeah. Uh, physical yeah. graffiti that's on another is it the ca- i think it, it was cashmere yeah yes. oh, those two girls were great in that movie jennifer jason lee and phoebe cates who married yeah. uh, the great kevin klein you look back at the the cast of that movie for a teen angst movie of the 80s i still love that movie sean penn forrest whitaker judge reinhold judge reinhold I know we're missing some other big names, too. The guy that played Mr. Hand, was uh, he was uh, the Martian guy on the TV oh, show. Uh, Ray Walston. Yeah, Ray Walston. Very good. Right. Yes. Right. But the, but the other two, the two guys who were friends, did not, I don't think they did anything. Nobody famous. Damone and, and Rat. Rat and Rat, right. right. But Damone was the ticket scalper. Yes. He was, he was the one was who great. got Jennifer Jason Lee pregnant with that three-second pump deal. Right. And yeah. then he didn't show up In the for pool the house abortion. For the abortion. Right. He didn't for... have $75. Yeah, it was seventy five dollars. You didn't have it. He's, on the he's phone. like, you got to buy my Blue Oyster Cult <laughs> ticket so I can pay for the abortion. I got Blue Oyster Cult. Look, I got you the tickets for see that band. I'm so close, you probably scared the lead singer. I came through for you. Come oh, on. God. I Come used on. to all those movies, man. I love that one. I loved, loved, loved Last American Virgin. I love that movie. Wow, that's uh, that poor kid. Wow. He sold his stereo equipment talking about abortions. Oh wow. I mean, all we talk about is abortion these days. You had Jennifer Jason Lee in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She needed an abortion that the moan couldn't pay for. And then Last American Virgin, the uh, cute guy, I think his name in real life is Steve Aston. He gets the girl pregnant. The uh, the young girl, very cute, famous actress, and then the the kid who loved her, she could she never thought that a kid. He sold all of his stereo equipment to get her an abortion, and the old boyfriend ended up back with her at the end of the movie when he walked into the party. And Quincy Jones just once is playing. Okay, it doesn't have a good ending, right? It no, no, set, she's right. back with the guy that that yeah, screwed her over. Right. But the point is, abortion. Yeah. Two young girls in those movies, two young stars, <clears throat> both getting abortions. In those movies. Well, it's part of me growing up and being a teenager. Of course. <laughs> cool. Who didn't go through that? I went through that. Come on. Hey, Rat, I, I, I always come here for the strudel. <laughs> you want your wallet? You left it at my house. <laughs> That's pretty good, I man. you needed it. Who is that guy? Where'd that guy go? He was Damone, a great yeah. actor. He, Damone, he was yeah. great. Tremendous. I was having such a good day. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Doing more than those two movies, too. But those are the two that come to mind first. Fast Times and Last American Version. But there was like a million of them. You had the movie with uh, John Cusack. He wanted his $2 back. Better, that, better Off better Dead. Off better Off Dead. dead. Okay. That was a great movie. All those were great. But uh, the big news story today, political story, is uh, the, the House now going after the Bidens. And I played this earlier. Representative James Comer out of the great state of Kentucky was the guy who announced basically the investigation yesterday. Then a bunch of folks got involved, and they want blood. They want blood, and I love it. Not again because of revenge, because they made my guy Donald Trump's life miserable with one hoax after another. That's a fact. You know how I know that's a fact? Because nothing stuck. And boy, did they try. Not because of that, because the Bidens are corrupt. They are. And they've done illegal, unethical, horrible things. 
then they should be accountable for it. Nothing to do with Donald Trump. Now, some of these politicians, I can't say that. There's no question they've got revenge on the mind, and I'm okay with that. So let's hear from uh, Byron Donalds. He's a Republican politician, I believe, in the state of Florida, Byron. And he talks about Joe Biden being the big guy. And again, you got to give people like Miranda Devine credit breaking this story. Tony Bobolinsky, who was on with Tucker Carlson on Fox News a couple of nights, talking about all these deals where Hunter Biden made a ton of money, a ton of money using his father's name with with his father's blessing, despite Joe Biden playing stupid through all of this. And they would refer to Joe, not Uncle Jimmy and not Hunter, as the big guy when it came to payments. So here Byron Donald says, hey, Joe's the big guy. <laughs> how's he going how's, how's to explain that? Lou, this is cut number 22. One thing is crystal clear. Joe Biden is the big guy. And we know that Hunter Biden has been involved in so many schemes around the globe. And so this is definitely an investigation about Joe Biden and what he has been doing to allow this this scheme to develop. And we're going to let the evidence speak for itself. I love that. The House going after the Bidens. By the way, that was courtesy of Fox News. I do have one more here from Florida Rep. Byron Donalds talking about the Bidens. Lewis, this would be cut number 23. There are serious issues about what Joe Biden and his son and his brother, for that matter, have been doing. We are going to investigate. We're going to go through this with full transparency for the American people. And when we're done making our case, we think this facts will speak for themselves. And then we'll go from there. You get uh, this uh, rep, Greg Stubbe. Remember, Greg Stubbe hit that long home run for the Republicans in their blowout win over the Democrats at that annual baseball game where many years ago, my friend out of Louisiana, Steve Scalise, was shot during practice just a couple of days before that game in D.C. Stubbe was on Newsmax when he talked about the Bidens using their name corrupt. Greg Stubbe, cut number 24. They have evidence that, you know, his cell phone number was being provided, that he was involved in negotiations and discussions. Uh, so, again, once we get that financial information, can subpoena some of these financial records to see how the money moved around, money that went to uh, Hunter for some of these dealings that then was transferred to uh, the president. Uh, this is using your official position to make money that is completely illegal. It's a violation of federal law. Mr. Comer today laid out the different uh, areas of law, everything from wire fraud to conspiracy that uh, they've committed, that we're going to lay that evidence before the American people, do the investigations right. And unfortunately, we have a corrupt DOJ, but we're going to be working on that as well uh, from the (laughs) the House perspective and uh, lay that up for prosecution referrals. Corrupt DOJ. Christopher Wray was on the Hill yesterday. The director of the FBI made a complete ass of himself and is corrupt. Uh, Unfortunately, this is uh, one more from Greg Stubbe. This is cut number 25. Once again, Lewis, courtesy of Newsmax. So different than how Democrats run their so-called uh, sham investigations. We actually present the evidence first. Uh, we have sent over 500 letters from the Judiciary Committee to the administration demanding certain documents and requests for information. Of course, none of that has been provided. But that changes significantly when we get the power of the gavels in January and actually have the ability to legally subpoena the information that we're requesting, subpoena the deposition of these individuals, subpoena under oath these individuals, and not just before the open committee, but actual depositions cross 
cross-examination where we have plenty of time to dive into the details uh, and get the evidence and then uh, show to the American people the corruptness that has been going on in this White House, everything from immigration to foreign dealings, and put that before the American people. Go after these bastards. Let's get this done. Byron Donalds, Greg Stubbe, all of you guys, Jim Jordan, go after these bastards. These Bidens, these no-good Bidens. So here's what Democrats do, right? They know that we got a Hunter Biden dead to right. We got him. So they spend their time trying to convince everybody, and they, they do a good job with their own masses, their, their minions, that, yes, Hunter Biden is a degenerate. They've thrown him under the bus. But his father, he can't do anything about it, right? I mean, when Sid Rosenberg was doing cocaine, Harvey Rosenberg wasn't happy about it, but couldn't do anything about it. So they say, look, Hunter did what he did, and what do you want from Joe? Like this loser, Chris Hayes, who uh, looks like Iron Eagle a little bit, by the way. This uh, He's got the glasses, and he's kind of short. He's got the hair, the whole thing, on MSNBC. And he goes out of his way to make an excuse for Joe about Hunter, courtesy of MSNBC Lewis, cut number 21. There's a few things about the Hunter Biden Burisma thing that really bother me. Um, first of all, I think it's it's fair to say that as an ethical matter or a prudential matter, if you were if Ari Melber was solicited by Hunter Biden at that moment to say, should I take this gig? You'd probably say, no, don't do it. I'd say, no, don't do it. I don't think it was the right thing to do. But he's a grown ass man. OK, and you are not in, you do not control the actions of your adult children. All right. And if Joe Biden could control the actions of his adult son, Hunter Biden, there's lots of things, I think, that he would have Hunter Biden do differently than things that he has done. That does not pertain to Joe Biden. No, he's right about that. There's nothing that the grown-ass man could have done. But, hey, Chris, loudmouth, tough guy, big shot, how do you explain the big guy being mentioned in all of these business dealings? Forgetting about what his father can or can't do to stop Hunter Biden, because I'm a classic example of that. You're right. My father was a stand-up guy. Never did a drug in his life. Didn't do a lot of the things that I did during my lifetime and got myself into trouble for. So I get that. But what about all these business dealings where Joe Biden, the big guy, is included? What about that, Chris Hayes? There was just something about that guy I just want to kick his ass. I don't know what it is. I shouldn't even say that on radio. I guess... I'm not encouraging violence, buddy. Just certain people, when I look at them, I just, I get this visceral reaction. I just want to beat them up, you know? You get that? Yeah, what's uh, with the guy in Houston, uh, the third baseman? You want to uh, beat up the Astros' third baseman? Yeah, yeah I always, every time I saw him come up to the plate, I'm like, this guy is represents all wrong. But well, why? What did he do? He's just his face. Just his face? Yeah, and plus he was part of the cheating scandal, too. Was, oh, okay, yeah. He was part of, I mean, yeah. I'm talking about I mean, I've got a better reason. I mean, Chris Hayes lies to millions of Americans every night, sits there but, as if he's smarter than you and bold-faced lies. Seems like you've just got some, I don't know, some... Alex, crazy. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin, I like to punch him in the face. You want to punch Alex Ovechkin? In the, by the way, he would kick your ass. I, no kidding. He, yeah. I, I, told, I know he would kick At least ass. I know Chris Hayes ain't going to kick my ass, I don't think. That would be really bad, right? Well, I've, you know. <laughs> I've I seen you fight. Uh, it would be bad. <laughs> I, I hit Ovechkin in the back of the head with a stick. <laughs> Let's see how tough he is then. Where's your plan? Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Radio Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats, the most entertaining sports guy in the history of the medium, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, still to come this hour. Mayor Eric Adams coming up at 840. But first, some more Led Zeppelin. 
Stairway to Heaven. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, a lot of people, and you know some of them, live in an echo chamber. That is, they will only listen to people who tell them what they want to hear. The word for this, word of the day, is obsequious. If you tell someone at work or anywhere else what you think they want to hear, you are being obsequious. And that's not a good thing. You don't want to be a butt kisser. But the people who demand that, who have to have everybody agreeing with them, or they get angry, or they won't listen to you, they are a big problem in this country. Because we need robust debate. We need to seek information from all quarters. I mean, I like talking to people that disagree with me. I want to hear what their argument is. And you know that I'll shred that argument if it's not logical or fact-based. And those people talking to me know that too, so some of them don't want that. They want to live in the echo chamber. They don't want to have to explain themselves especially when some of their beliefs are insane. But living in an echo chamber, and this is important for children to know, will not advance your intellectual capability. And that's important in America. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. a great morning message from Bill O'Reilly, and that's exactly why people like Mayor Eric Adams, who will join me at 840, come on the show. I mean, it's pretty clear that we disagree on a bunch of issues. It's also pretty clear after dining with Eric and my wife that we agree on a bunch of issues. But as Bill O'Reilly talked about, he's right about you folks out there. I mean, I can't tell you, if Bernie was a lie because he, you're wrong. We've been over this a million times. You know, you, you can't you can't just talk to people, especially in this profession. Yes, I agree. Yes, I mean, my God, does it get boring after a while. And when you've got somebody who's in the position that the mayor is, 
and he is willing to come on, and at this point even further a friendship, I would be doing my audience, and I mean the big number audience, not a few of you morons out there who are going to go on Facebook this morning and go, well, why would Sid do that? If Bernie was here, it would never, which of course, again, is wrong. I would be doing you guys a disservice. I really would be. Because if you care about this city, you're living right now in Manhattan or Brooklyn or the Bronx, Queens or Staten Island. Maybe you've got kids. You're in Rockland County, New Jersey. You've got kids living in Manhattan. You want to know what's going on. You want to know what the plan is. And he'll be honest with me, as honest as you can possibly be. I mean, let's face it, he's still a politician. Then they lie on both sides. Republicans lie, Democrats lie, just the Democrats lie much more in bigger numbers and about more dangerous things. That's why I'm a Republican. But but if somebody in position of power wants to come on this radio show, then maybe you folks will learn a thing or two. I'm not going to say no because some jackass doesn't like them and thinks I'm going woke. I mean, I've read that too, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how many people spend day after day Day after day, going over how great President Trump is like I do, like I just did with Kimberly Guilfoyle yesterday and a host of others, after his announcement two days ago, I don't know how you can come on the air. I don't have to do that, folks. I mean, I've been on both sides here. I voted for Hillary Clinton. I watched Donald Trump preside. I'm adult enough to give anybody a chance. And he became, I thought, a great president. But I don't make decisions, just so you know, as Bill O'Reilly just talked about, based on what what you want to hear. And I've said that to you folks how many times over the last six years when Bernard was here. It didn't matter whether he was here or not. I brought on Anthony Scaramucci. And I'll bring him on again. I brought on Michael Rappaport, liberal actor who says horrible things about Donald Trump. I brought on Tom Arnold, liberal actor, says terrible, not because I'm liberal, not because I'm woke. I'm Republican to the core outside of my social beliefs. But I'll never vote Democrat, never, ever, ever. But but I'm not going to stop talking to Democrats. I'm not going to watch Robert De Niro in a movie. I'm not going to stop watching the NBA because... LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and a host of others are a bunch of douchebags. I'm just not going to live my life like that. If you want to live your life like that, God bless you. If you don't want to have any conversation with somebody else, the opposing view, God bless you. You can do that. But guess what? You're not going to have my job. Never. And you're not going to get the ratings that I get. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And I try every morning with the help of all of my staff here. To provide you with laughs, make you think, thought-provoking, compelling, and every now and then, every now and then, provide a different side of the argument, especially if it's somebody as powerful as the mayor of New York City. So as you're typing on Facebook right now, why would Sid do it? (laughs) I just explained it to you, moron. But you can still type it and yell and scream, Sid's a liar, he's woke, he's not fooling anybody. That's fine. Go, go. Have at it. As you're typing. Go, as you're typing. Because <laughs> they are. I just explained it to you, moron. As you're typing. 
And I'll do more of this. I don't care. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't have a plan. I don't know what I'm talking about next. Well, I do because Russo is coming on, but we'll see. That's the beauty of this particular radio program is the unpredictability. Everybody else, basically, in this business, it's, it's, um, it's boring. I'm sorry. It's boring. You know exactly what they're going to talk about. Read the New York Post. Watch Fox News. Watch Newsmax. And boom, here comes three hours. Same guests. Same commentary. How many folks on this station are going to talk for 10 minutes about fast times at Richmond High or any station? This is really important, Rat. Whenever possible, when it comes to making out, side two of Led Zeppelin 4. Wrong. Oh, yes. Side two of Led Zeppelin 4. Very good. You're the best. Even that impression is just about dead on. Just about dead on. And that's when your toes are tapping, Rat. See, me, I would have gone with Engelbert Humperdinck after the loving. There is not one, not one female in the world that won't get naked once that song comes on. Not okay. one. I, I think you're living in the past. That's not happening. That's fine. Anymore, no. Don't worry about where I live, okay? All right. You Wait. live right next to me, by the way. Okay. You're a couple blocks away. Yeah. Are you, you have uh, Lou is all upset now. because we're having lunch together. On Lou complained for months. That we don't go out together. I don't ask him to go out. So Danielle makes plans with Lou's lovely girlfriend, MJ. And now we're having lunch together, the four of us, on Sunday. And instead of Lou being like, oh, finally, thank God, it's great. We could hang out on the weekend. He's bitching because it's during the time of the Jets and the Giants when, by the way, I'm a bigger football fan than he is. And I've agreed to it. Why do you, why do you think that? What do I think? What? That you're a bigger football fan than I am. I finally get to see these two teams who are good. And now we're going to be at lunch. Okay, but we're going to a place. They have it. They, you're not okay. going to believe this. They've got a television in the restaurant. Okay, great. A big one. Thanks for sharing the yes. secret with me. Okay, yes. great. They have more than one television. Good. How so about I, that? So I can hear a bunch of eight, 80s drunken slobs Fine. yelling. While it's a great place. You like Harbor Lights. I do know the place. I like it. Okay. So you'll, you'll watch the Jets and Giants with me. We'll have a buffalo chicken salad. I'll buy you 90 beers. And then you'll go home, and that'll be it. I always go for the strudel. That's what I really need. (laughs) Traffic and sports coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. On weekends, music is our message here at WABC. Music Radio 77 WABC every Saturday night at 6. Music Radio 77 WABC presents Cousin Brucey. It's my man, Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party, part of a great music radio weekend lineup. Here he is, the legend, Cousin Brucey. That's Korean Cousins. Nice to hear that again, huh? In a white room with, what, blue curtains, white curtains? Well, maybe maybe by this time they needed some cleaning. Like that. Let's, uh, uh, oh, there you go. There's Sylvester, our time right now. It's a reminder to have Thanksgiving. We have uh, Christmas coming up, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa. We have uh, going to be a, a real nice uh, couple months ahead of us, and I hope that we'll all be together. Our uh, request line is open, 800 848 W-A-B-C. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sully yesterday about my good pal Stephen Van Zandt who's going to join me at Joe Murray's house, the Little North Pole, the Christmas decoration event that he puts on every year. It's a big deal. And uh, Tony Sirico, a.k.a. Paulie Walnut, who passed away a couple of months ago, can't make it this year because, well, he's dead. So while uh, little Stevie, my pal, is going to go in his stead with me. And uh, Van Zandt, of course, and Bruce... They're about to start rehearsing next month and hit the road in January. They'll be here at Giant Stadium in August. And uh, Bruce did that song, Rosalita, when he did that tremendous two-hour interview with um, Howard, which means now listen to all of it. It was, it was amazing. And that brings up my next guest, who also has his own show at Sirius XM. He's got his own channel, Mad Dog Unleashed, which is great. Also has a terrific television show, High Heat, on the MLB Network. And, of course was the better half of the legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, and most recently inducted, and deservedly so, into the Radio Hall of Fame in Chicago. He's my dear friend, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, good morning. How are you, pal? Uh, Enough of that. Yes, Bruce was great. I heard the same thing. He was very warm in that spot. Played Rosalita there, too, for Howard that was a great two hours and 15 minutes. You hit it right on the head. Come it really on. was great. great. And, and, and I tell you, uh, when he talked about when he realized, Chris, that he was a big deal when he was at the Hall of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he was, like, sitting in between, I think it was Roy Orbison and maybe Petty or, or Bob Dylan. Yes. And, and you could just – and then, of course, he played Bob Dylan's song. I just – I can feel – I can feel it, Chris. It, it really came across as very sincere. Yeah, 100%. Looking forward to that. It'll start February 1st in Tampa. You know, he's going to play all those arenas there for a good part of the uh, spring, and then he's going to go to Europe for about three or four months. Yep. And I didn't even know he announced anything at Giant Stadium, so that was news to me because I know this is a he's going to go to Australia and New Zealand too yes. late next year. I mean, listen, he's going to go crazy with this tour, thank God. He's going to play every other day here, Tampa, Atlanta, Miami, the first three days, uh, February 3rd. First, third, and fifth. So he'll be into it. And obviously, he's in the New York area there, right around the uh, start of the uh, final, well, right around the final four NCAA tournament. And of course, the championship game that night, April, whatever it might be, he's at the UBS Arena. So we'll be flying with Bruce. Looking forward to it. Yes, and uh, I'm actually going to fly down with uh, Van Zant and Sullivan and all the guys to the show at the Hard Rock Live. Jimmy Allen's place down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, that's going to be a oh, great event, too. Yeah. 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 
Like that February 5th. Yes. You. Yes, you should come with us, Chris. Come on down. I tell you, uh, I've heard you on Howard Stern's show so often. You're very, very funny. You guys have a great rapport together, but he's always been my all-time favorite. I've worked with Don Imus. To say that Howard Stern is my favorite is kind of sacrilegious, but it is what it is. But um, he said he locked himself in a room for three days, told his wife, don't come see me, don't talk to me. I got to get to know Bruce. And when he he sat down with him, you can tell he had done his homework. That's why Stern, to this day, I believe, is still the greatest interviewer of all time. Well, remember, he doesn't know that much about He doesn't know as much about Bruce. So you and I could do that, Scott, without having to do that. Right. Because we grew up with Bruce a little more than Howard did. You know, Howard grew up with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, uh, you know, back in the early 70s. That's a little early for us. And we kind of grew up with Bruce in the late 70s, early 80s when Howard was just getting his career started. So I think that's why he did all the work. I know he'd been trying to get Bruce on for a long period of time. I know they talked before that October 31st interview, and Bruce told Howard that anything, everything is on the table. Uh, and I did not realize that, um, you know, there was an issue with Howard and and Patty. So he must have said some stuff about Patty, which I was not aware of. Me either. Because they alluded to it two or three times yes. in the spots. So, yeah, me either. Uh, but it was, very, it was very, very good. And I, you're right. That's... Um, you know, Howard kind of stayed, stayed out of the way. He got the most out of Bruce. Bruce playing five or six songs. And, again, I thought the key word there was warm. You know, I thought that was just it was just a warm interview. It was, yeah. you know, it was a, a feel-good kind of spot. Yeah. It was two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, I heard it on the plane from Chicago to Houston. Uh, I had downloaded it. I heard that whole two-hour and 15-minute thing on that flight about two weeks ago. And I thought they did a hell of a job. Me 100%. too. Yeah, I loved it. I loved when he admitted that he was upset that Manfred Mann had a bigger hit with Blinded by the Light than he did. But that's yeah, all good. It didn't <laughs> seem like it bothered him because uh, Howard asked him about, well, how about when you're, you know, Because the Night, Fire. How right. about when your songs uh, you get uh, covered and do well better with the person who does the cover than compared to you? And Bruce said, hey, you know what? It's a compliment. I don't care. Yeah, so but, then, but, then, was- but then, then, he, then he did kind of giggle afterwards and kind of admit, well, maybe just a little bit. It bothers me just a little. Because he did initially say what you said came off very nice and good for Patti Smith and good for Manfred Mann. But then it, he did kind of come off like, okay, maybe just a little. But maybe I just saw it that <laughs> way. Yeah, a little. Yeah. A little. Hey, let's talk yeah. about uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, I know you're not the biggest Yankee lover, Chris, and all those great giant Yankee arguments with Mike Francesa over the years. But I'm sorry. Is there any way? You know, Tani had a great year. Year, great year, and he's a magnificent ball player. Is there any way you can vote against Aaron Judge for the MVP this year? I was shocked he got two first place votes, Otani. I completely agree. I heard you there during the update. I didn't know Ben Verlander was one of them. That's a joke. How does anybody vote against Otani uh, against Judge, who hit 62 home runs, carried the Yankees in the second half? Uh, you know, Otani didn't play a game this year of note that had any pressure in it. You know, I know he's an excellent pitcher, but he only goes, he pitches every sixth day through 140, 150 innings. Um, so I, 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 I hit 260. I mean, I'm not trying to knock Otani, but when somebody votes for him, you almost have to knock him to explain why he should have voted for Judge. So as a result, you are 1,000% correct. That is a, I'm a little surprised that Goldschmidt won so easy. I thought that would be a little closer. With Machado, you could have uh, voted for Machado easy. They gave it to Goldschmidt. Uh, a little surprised it was he won that uh, won that without any difficulty. But Judge, listen, he won easy anyway. He got uh, you know just about every first place vote. He should have gotten all of them. I don't know if it's worth that big a deal. Is what he get twenty eight out of thirty. Uh, but the bottom line is Judge had an incredible year. I would also be surprised 
very surprised if he doesn't return to the Yankees. I think this Rizzo signing is a portent. Those guys are thick as, thick as thieves. And I would be very surprised if Rizzo signed with the Yankees, not having a feel right. of what Judge is going to do. So I think he'd be, you know, Hal Steinbrenner has been all over America the last week or so, basically saying that we'll do everything we can. We want him back, blah, blah, blah. Even talking about captaincy. Because how knows if he leaves, he's got blood on his hands. Yep, yep. Nobody cared about Robinson Cano when he left. But if Judge leaves, Kyle's going to get a tilt. And I think he understands that. So I think he's going to do everything he can to bring him back. I would be very surprised if Judge is not a Yankee for the rest of his life. Totally agree. Would. And he even said, which uh, you know this, owners never say this. He even said publicly, money is not an issue. What? So if you're Aaron Judge, you're going for half a billion dollars. What do you think the number will be? I end. think it would be about 350, 360. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's what I would think. And the Yankees, listen, the Yankees are going to get hurt with the contract because it's going to be, you know, eight years and Judge is 30. And, you know, he's, he's also, you know, 6'8". So you can't expect Judge to, you know, I don't think it's going to be Pujols who did had trouble with the Angels. But, you know, you got to think that the next uh, three, four years, he'd be great. But after that, the Yankees are going to be paying for it. But by the same token, the Yankees got judged for cheap here these last three, four years. So now it's going to go the other way where judges are going to make a fortune and the Yankees are not going to get necessarily their bang for the buck. But that's the way it goes. I mean, yeah. the bottom line is going to find them. And that's yep. all there is to it. You cannot allow judge to leave under any circumstances. There will be a disaster at Yankee Stadium. And how, who we all know is quiet about it. I mean, I can get him on right now for crying out loud. I mean, how is all over America <laughs> telling everybody how much he wants Judge to stay and he's yeah. going to give him his captaincy? I'd be stunned. I think Judge is a Yankee. Now, what about the Grom, though? Would you be stunned if he was not a New York Met? No, I would not. I, I, I'll tell you right now, don't be shocked about the Dodgers. The Dodgers need pitching. They let Tyler Anderson go. You know, the Bauer contract is up. Uh, uh, they would no problem pay him $40 million. They could use another starter. They're not going to get Judge. I know the left side of the infield is a mess, but I would not be shocked. And unlike um, and DeGrom, you know, listen, I've talked to a million Met fans who are a little down on DeGrom. You know, his idea that he wants every nickel. He hasn't shown that he really wants to stay with the Mets. It's been a little bit more like, you know, I'm going, breaking the bank, blah, blah, blah. And I think that has aggravated the Met fan. Plus, he doesn't pitch a lot, wasn't lights out late in the year. Atlanta, and everything else. So as a result of that, I don't think there will be the outcry no, from Mets fans if right. DeGrom yeah. leaves a la yep. Judge. Yep, agreed. And, you know, yep. I think Texas who will spend a fortune, and the Dodgers are definitely in play for DeGrom. Mm. He actually had not just Atlanta. Yeah, Not just Atlanta. He had a terrible start against the Oakland A's at about the worst time oh, when the did. Mets. Remember yeah. that? That really hurt the yeah. Mets. Him and Scherzer were both horrible that weekend. Uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, give me a name outside the local guys, the judges and the Groms, Chris, that you think uh, may be changing their address. That'll be the biggest offseason move here during baseball's free agency. Well, Trey, Tur- Trey Turner is going to leave the Dodgers, it seems like. Maybe the Phillies. Um, you know, uh, I don't think the Braves are going to re-sign Swanson. I think they can move that kid Grissom over the shortstop if they wanted to. Um, so I think that could happen. You know, I don't know what the Red Sox – I think the Red Sox are intriguing. Um, you know, uh, the idea that, you know, they are playing Tampa Bay Ray baseball in Boston, you know, high bloom, let's, you know, look at – let's, let's try to, uh, you know, get the most out of our finances. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, not in Boston. 
So Devers and Bogarts is interesting. You know, Bogarts is represented by Boris, and he gave him a discount last time. He's not going to do that this time. And Devers, you're going to have to pay $250 million to sort of the contract he gave that Austin Riley got in Atlanta. So I, I think the issues with the Red Sox and the left side of the infield in a competitive division where obviously Baltimore is getting better, Toronto's pretty good, you know, the, um, you know, obviously the Yankees, so and Tampa's going to be Tampa. So I think the Red Sox are very interesting to keep an eye on. Hmm. And the Giants, too, yep. you know, they were, 13th in the, they were 13th in baseball in attendance. That's a fickle market. They're not, the ballpark novelty is way over with. Uh, you know, they try to win it with platoon players and, you know, resourcefulness. Two years ago, they won 107. Last year, they came back to earth. You're not going to win pennants. When you know Darren Ruff and Mike Yastrzemski, <laughs> uh, uh, you got to have stars. Yep. Two years ago, they had Posey. Crawford had a big year. Uh, last year, Posey quits. Crawford wasn't the same, and the Giants stunk. So yep. I, yep. I, and I, I don't think the Giants can't judge either. So what the Giants do will be interesting. Maybe they get a shortstop, have them play second for a little while. The Giants got to do something. They need to spend a little money with Giants because of the fact that that's fan, that's they're in the same division with the Dodgers. San Diego spending money, and that fan base ain't going to come watch the Giants go play 500 baseball. No, so that's something yep. we got to keep an eye on, too. That is true. Hey, as always, Chris, it's uh, just a pleasure. Again, congratulations on your recent induction. I know you're humble, blah, 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 but you really are the greatest of all time. So I hope you enjoyed that time in Chicago. And please keep coming back with me because I love you, pal. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank you, folks. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving, too. There he is, folks, the all-time great Christopher Mayor Dog Russo with some Bruce Springsteen. Don't forget Mayor Eric Adams coming up next hour. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. song, of course, written by Bruce Springsteen. Manfred Mann made it more famous. I came up during the Howard Springsteen conversation, and my dear friend, and I love this lady so much, so does my wife, Marianne from Brooklyn, reminding me, which I did mention earlier, that the interview, the Bruce interview, will be on HBO coming up November the 27th at 10 p.m., but this is one of those songs that Bruce wrote that somebody else made more famous, and Thought he handled it pretty well when Howard asked him about that. This one and Patty Smith because tonight and um, fire also and um, maybe even Pink Cadillac. I don't know the who did it. The Pointer Sisters did that one, I think. Lou or is it Aretha? Oh, maybe it was Aretha. I don't no, know. No. You, know, you know he's doing the Fallon things this week. He did them. He was he, on what do you mean? Fallon. He was on with Fallon for three nights. Oh, for three nights? Yeah, Monday, Tuesday. He hosted it or he was a guest? No, he was a guest with him and he did. Did he bring his guitar and play songs? He played songs. I think he was playing. I saw the first one. He did a song from the new album. 
Yeah, I like the new album so far. Yeah, what I've heard, to, I like I have it. To listen to it. Yeah, look good. Not it sounds a good. Covers yeah. thing, but he's. I'm usually not into that, but he sounds great. He does sound it. great. He's 73 years old, I man. Know, I know. It's Come so on, crazy. man. And I, I heard. I didn't see it yet, but I heard a, a, as a hint that Patty Smith was on one of these. Last oh, two really? Nights. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. There. Yeah. Now he, Patty Smith is married to John McEnroe. No, Isn't no, that her? No, is that Patty no, Smythe? That's Patty Smythe. I always get confused. Yes. And she sang The Warrior. Right. Right, okay. Scandal. There you go. Scandal. There you go. Yes. Very good. Do you know Lou Rufino? Shooting out the walls of <laughs> Bang, bang. <laughs> Macedonia Phil, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine. Do you know a little historic question? Now, Bernie would get to him in two seconds. I think you would. Do you know what happened 44 years ago today on this date? What is today's date, by the way? November the 18th, 1978. 44 years. Where's Macedonia, Phil? Get him in here. Well, he knows because he talked about it this morning. Everybody else is up and ready. Hello. Don't answer this because you know the answer already. Hello. 44 years ago today. Hello. Yeah. What'd you say? I'm not talking to you now. You're out of the conversation. No, 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 no. no. I want to be a part. What, what, well, what? you know already because you. I, I made you cut it up this morning. Ask he, me. What happened 44 years ago today? So don't say it, Phil. Do you have the audio ready to go, Louis? I think I, I know this. I, I don't. Because you don't even know what the hell I'm talking I about. The M&M store was open for the first time in Times Square. Is that what the answer is? I think so. <laughs> yeah. That's what I cut up audio of, the M&M store. No, you didn't do that. Opening day. No, that wasn't it. That was, you know, do you know what Frankie Diaz? Oh, don't say it. You, you know, Frankie's actually really smart. Yeah, he'll do it. You have it ready to go? Uh, I have it ready to go. Frank is up. He can answer. No, I don't want Frank to answer. The just play it. The killing me. Yeah, just play, play it. it. Okay. Yeah, play it. Yeah. Sure, you got the love. Principal. But don't say, hate is my enemy. What did they say? What's that word? Hate is mine, and I gotta fight it day and night. One else else is the line. Love is the only weapon. Martin Luther King died with love. Kennedy died talking about something he couldn't even understand sometimes. Generalized love, and he never even backed it up. He shut down. Love is the only weapon with which I got to fight. I got a hell of a lot of weapons to fight. I got my claws. I got purposes. I got guns. I got dynamite. I got a hell of a lot to fight. I'll fight. I'll fight. Oh my God! Wow! So there's a senator that was, and his name was Leo Ryan, and Leo Ryan made his way to Guyana, the People's Temple. That voice you heard there was Jim Jones, yelling and screaming, "I will fight!" So the senator Leo Ryan makes his way to um to the camp, you know, Jonestown. And he spends the afternoon there, and he was going there to see what was going on because reports were getting back to the United States. Because I guess this group, this Jim Jones group, moved from San Francisco to uh, Guyana. And there were reports of um, him having sex with young girls and abuse and, um, you know, a weapons collection and all these things going on. Like David Koresh, I guess. So Leo goes there, Leo Ryan. And uh, he sees what he has to see. Oh, Frankie Kravitz checks in, my jeweler friend, and says, Natalie Cole did Pink Cadillac. Thank you, Frankie. So he sees what's going on, and now he's leaving. So Jim Jones's people, this is a real-life senator, folks. It's not a joke, Leo Ryan. Jim Jones' people take Leo Ryan back to the helicopter pad to fly back to the United States. But what happens? Leo Ryan never makes it onto the helicopter 
because Jim Jones' people killed him, shot him, a lady too, a bunch of others that came with him, murdered them before they had a chance to get back. And at that point, Jim Jones knew the gig was up. That was it. So on that same exact day after they murdered Senator Leo Ryan, what did they do? They started serving Kool-Aid to all of these people, these poor people. And I say poor people because, you know, it's like when I watch these, um, these evangelists, you know, and I see these people show up at these churches on Sunday and yelling and screaming, you know, put your hands on the TV. And these people who work nine to five jobs making $30,000 a year give all their money to these evangelists and these churches. I guess even Joel Osteen does that, you know. And uh, these poor people who just want a, a reason for hope, I mean, they're stupid, they're uninformed, and they're dumb, but they mean well. So all these people joined this cult, if you will, and they all drank the Kool-Aid and died. I believe the numbers were about, um, uh, Leo Ryan was a congressman. That's correct, not a senator, a congressman, excuse me. Um, hey, what was the number, about 900 that died that day? 909. 909, yeah. So anyway, that was 44 years ago today, the tragedy that took place in um, Guyana, which I, I have to tell you, and I mean this, I'm not trying to be funny. It's not shock jock Sid Rosenberg morning radio, baby. I, I mean this sincerely. There is no question in my mind that Macedonia Phil would have moved with those people to Africa and chosen that lifestyle over living here in Hamburg, New Jersey. <laughs> I mean... He's a pretty convincing guy, good speaker. <laughs> pretty good, right? Like after that speech, I've been like, "This guy, I don't know what this guy's talking about," but he's yelling, so I'm in. I'm in. Got you all fired up. Frankie yeah. Diaz I wants to Kool-Aid. check in for the first time this morning. Good morning, Frankie. FYI, Guyana is not in Africa. It's, yeah, it's in South, South America. America. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to correct him on that. You're thinking of Guinea, New Papua New Guinea. Yeah. <laughs> well, who's the one who told me South America? What idiot told me that? You know how many times, I got to tell you, you know how many times I go on there and make mistakes because my staff in the morning just gives me the wrong information? Was that a Macedonia Phil uh, error right there? I don't know. It could have been him. It could have been Alec. Any one of you idiots. I don't. I think you just. It, I think you just internally made that up. You, you assumed there was an Africa, and you're like, ah, it's an Africa. Maybe I did make that mistake myself. Yeah, it was all, yeah. it was all you. I've never mentioned the word Guyana did not come out. No, my but mouth here's yet. what you don't see. What you have to understand is, if you're a real producer, real loyal to me, you just take the bullet. It's like you know those guys in Secret Service. You know, the movie there with, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood or John yeah, Malkovich. Of fire. They run, right, they run in front of the ball. Oh, they, yeah, an active they, they shooter, comes, of it. An active shooter right, comes out, they, I'm they, spraining they, an ankle. Ooh, my leg hurts. I can't, I couldn't make a dive. Oh, I hit my, my elbows bruised. <laughs> He's not even lying, folks. Could you, could you see him with one of those earpieces? Oh, in, stop. Like, uh, okay, the, uh, Rosenberg's, the rose is moving. Rose is moving. We got him. Guys, I got a bum knee. I don't know. I don't think I can what's, make this dive right now. What's that meme with the guy riding the bicycle and he sticks the the, uh, the stick in the wheel? Because it's like, oh, I hate working here. And then he just sticks it in there and falls over anyway. I've got like five examples of Macedonia, Phil, uh, being completely disloyal already this week. But it's, it's all good. This week. Yeah, this this week alone. So Nancy Pelosi, uh, that's over. She is um, stepping down as uh, the top Democrat. In the House, she is. Um, she will not seek re-election as the Speaker. So there is some good news. I mean, we got the House back. That's great news. Senate, not so good. Some of these governor races, not so good. But the end of Nancy Pelosi's reign, I think, is good news. 
She's a horrible person. So well, here she announced this yesterday. Lewis, this is a cut number 29, Nancy Pelosi. She's not coming back as the speaker. My friends, no matter what title you all, my colleagues, have bestowed upon me, speaker, leader, whip, there is no greater official honor for me than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people of San Francisco. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. <laughs> and with great confidence yeah. in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership Thank in God. the next Congress. Good. Go away. For me, the hours come for a new generation no to lead the Democratic caucus yeah. right. that I so deeply yeah. respect. Probably somebody and can keep I'm their teeth in their so mouth. would be nice. are ready and willing <laughs> to shoulder this awesome responsibility. Well. I, I think a lot of other people. I, I, the Secret Service that just uh, takes a bullet for not being. You know, she was wearing the same clothes, I think, yesterday that she wore when she ripped up Donald Trump's speech at the State of the Union, which in, in my lifetime, and if God is good to me, I'll be 56 in April, was one of the most disgusting, disrespectful things I've ever seen. This witch. This Nancy Pelosi, don't give me this nice old lady, served her whole life. She's a witch. Now she goes on to talk about working with all these menses. And, of course, she leaves out Donald Trump. This is Nancy Pelosi, cut number 30. My privilege to play a part in forging extraordinary progress for the American people. I have enjoyed working with three presidents, achieving historic investments in clean energy with <laughs> President George Bush. Oh, that's a backstabber right there, 43. Backstabber. Transformative health care reform with President Barack Obama. Oh, God. The worst of all, Barack Obama. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hi, hello. She done yet? Who else now? Oh, she's got one better. Watch this one. Get and forging and forging the future from infrastructure to health care to climate <laughs> action hello. with President Joe Biden. Oh, the great Joe Biden. Yeah. What's the name of her husband who got beat up uh, last week? Uh, uh, Phil, right? No, not Phil. Um, Paul. Paul, that's right, yeah. So she thanks her husband, Paul, here in uh, cut number 33. It's very sweet. Nancy Pelosi. For my dear husband, Paul, mm. who has been my beloved partner in life and my pillar of support. You got his ass kicked. Duck. Thank you. Because of you. I'm grateful for all the prayers so he's grateful and well right wishes now. Poor guy. as he continues yeah. his recovery. Lock you weren't so stupid you wouldn't have gotten his ass kicked. Lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you can never trust a guy like Chuck Schumer. This is why, even in loss, Joe Pinion remains one of the greatest Americans of all time. He really does. And he gave Chuck Schumer a good rate for his money. Because what Chuck Schumer is about to say now is about the biggest whopper you'll ever hear about his friend, Nancy Pelosi. Here he is, Chuck Schumer. You can't make it up. Cut number 34. Take it away, Chuck. Mr. President, I just left the floor of the House for one of the most emotional moments I've had in my career. The valedictory of Nancy Pelosi. Oh. 
one of the greatest legislators oh, and greatest people oh, I've ever met. How can you ever take this guy seriously again? One of the greatest legislators and people I've ever met, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Did you see the uh, shot? There was a shot of him hugging her yeah. with that awful Maxine Waters. Oh, God. They were like all like kissing and hugging. That was on the that floor. was the place where Maxine Waters should have said her most famous line, which was, "What a bunch of scumbags!" These are a bunch of scumbags. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. One eight hundred. Thank you, Maxine. I really, I love, I love, thank you, my friend. Eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We'll talk to Lydia Serrani next, and then coming up at eight forty. What are you doing in my house? <laughs> My husband will get you. The return of Mayor Eric Adams with me, Sid, on the Friday edition, only right here. Mr. Jones, Accounting Crows, on Talk Radio 77, WABC. is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs and the market's sliding into Friday trading. Home sales forecast to decline. GM targets big EV profits. Those stories next. Lou Dobbs here. I want to tell you about the good folks at Lone Star Transfer. They're the industry leader in helping you get out of your timeshare. If you're stuck in one, you don't have to be. For well over a decade, Lone Star has successfully helped over 18,000 owners legally and permanently get out of their timeshare nightmare. Lone Star Transfer is simply the best in the business and with an A-plus rating at the Better Business Bureau and thousands of five-star testimonials, their clients want you to know they trust Lone Star. They're a family-owned company that has earned a reputation for delivering first-class customer service. They guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. With rising assessments and maintenance fees, there's never been a better time to get out of your timeshare than now. Call today to receive a free, no-obligation consultation at 844-284-4777. That's 844-284-4739 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. Stocks coming off their second straight losing session, more technology cuts, mixed retail earnings, and hawkish Fed speak holding Wall Street at bay this week. St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said the next interest rate hike decision is up to Chairman Jerome Powell. He said the next Fed meetings are less than a month away. And he said that the Fed will raise rates. Existing home sales forecast to have fallen for a ninth consecutive month. High mortgage interest rates, high prices not helping the home market. General Motors promising profits from its electric vehicle investment will be substantial. Carmaker says it could produce up to 2 million EVs over the next three years. Meanwhile, GM targeting a billion dollars in revenue from its bright drop EV delivery vehicles next year alone. Shares of Gap jumping 8% in the extended session. The retailer forecasting a profitable holiday season. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WA ABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, Sid, overnight there was this big concern that Twitter was going to be shut down. By the way, this report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. 
And everybody thought once they woke up in the morning, there would be no more Twitter because last night at five o'clock, Elon Musk, the new CEO, gave everybody a deadline. Either you work extremely hard or basically get out. So all the Twitter employees started like basically crying like, oh, my God, now I have to work. Now I have to come into the office. And they all started quitting. And then he had to lock down the offices because he was afraid people would start sabotaging and sending out ridiculous tweets. But lo and behold, we woke up this morning. Twitter was still there. Half the workforce is gone. Hundreds more are expected to leave. And, you know, just another day in the Twitter drama. It turns out, I guess, that uh, Elon Musk, who I, you know, I kind of like him, and why wouldn't I? The guy's a multi-billionaire. He's now changed to a Republican. He voted for um, Flores down in Texas. He's a Ron DeSantis fan, too. Turns out he's a psycho, huh? Like a, like a slave trader. I, no, I think he's just, don't yeah, you yeah, work yeah. extremely hard? It's a given you yeah, work hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the I know, verbiage he, in yeah. his email should have been more, I don't know, smooth. Well, that's my point. Like, yeah. Yes. He, he kind of comes off like a dictator. Right, right. You got to work extremely hard I mean, you, you know, John Matitis is not going to say something like that. He's going to suggest no. it'll be in your best interest <laughs> to work hard, maybe even show up once on a Friday after Thanksgiving. But he's not going to come at you like he owns you. Elon Musk, I don't know, he kind of turned me off. Just me. I'm sorry. And and a lot of the employees were upset that he only gave them 24 hours to make this like life changing decision. And he told employees he wants to build a Twitter 2.0. But, you know, this goes to show you that, look, Twitter's still operating. I haven't noticed any glitches, any changes. And yet he's already cut half the workforce. So there was a lot of waste there. And I just wonder, are other employers going to follow suit and make all of their employees come back because you still have a lot of people that I, I mean I I think most of my friends they don't go to work they work yeah. remotely yeah one of my friends she's like I stay in bed and then literally at 8 59 she's like my my computer I have an alarm and she's like and then I just hit on she's like that's my preparation for work so I, I don't know I mean we go into the office every single day none of us work remotely no, I can't do it. I, you know, I was offered that. Obviously, we all were, Olivia, during the COVID days. And Bernie tried it once or twice from home, and the equipment sucked, and he didn't really like it anyway. But at least for me, I'll speak on my own behalf. I need to be in this studio. I need to feel it. I, I, I wouldn't even. I didn't even consider it. I went to Dan Herschel and Dave Labrosi and Chad, and I said, "Don't bother giving me a computer. I'm not going to do it. I got to feel it." Back then, of course, we were still at Madison Square Garden. But uh, for me, I need to be in studio to do the type of show that I like to do. I cannot do it from home. Can't do it. Well, one well, one man that works 24-7 aside from our boss and oh, so many other CEOs is basically the CEO of New York City, Mayor Adams, who you will be interviewing very soon. I saw, I was reading an article in the New York Times, and if you remember when the election was going on, CNN actually wrote an op-ed piece, so you could m- maybe ask him about this, and they said, if Lee Zeldin wins as governor, it's all basically Mayor Adams' fault because he called attention to the crime. Um, hello, if they had listened to Mayor Adams, then they wouldn't have almost lost the election. The governor's race by five points in Long Island. So he was the canary in the coal mine trying to wake up the Democrats and say, hey, people care about crime. So it's just so crazy how they're trying to flip it on him. But the guy was right all along. I mean, you got well, to give him credit. He, 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 he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't right all along. 
Let's not forget, and I even no, said no, it to McDinnum. No, no, he was calling crime. Right. He was. He, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. He initially, no, he didn't. He initially oh, said you're that right, the, you're right, you're right. he said the crime on the subway was perception. He said that way before Kathy Hochul even said it. So he was not there all along, and I've called him out for this, and I told us right to his face at dinner. He has now come along, which is great news, and even last week made a very bipartisan statement, which is the Democrats are the ones who need to recognize the issue but he was not there from day one. But thank God he is coming along, unlike Hochul and the rest of these Democrats. I think he was looking at the statistics. And when you look at those stupid statistics, it's like, oh, crime does look down. But, you know, perception is reality. And, you know, you can always kind of fudge the numbers. And if you're on the grounds like you are and myself and the mayor, the first thing everybody wants to talk about is crime. They don't feel safe. You saw that video in Queens of a 12-year-old dragged by the neck for her gold chain guys on scooters, their rants. I mean, these type of crimes, they weren't happening a year ago. So something is going on. They need to change the bail reform laws. And hopefully, Hochul will actually work with the mayor's office, stop with the whole GOP conspiracy thing, stop trying to make this some sort of political thing when it's a crime thing. It's an issue that we all care about. We just want law and order. We want to be able to go to work, to go to school, to go to synagogue, to go to church without getting beat up okay or stabbed or shot <laughs> okay is that is that too hard to ask i don't think so no that would be a nice and i don't little, have to walk no. around with my taser in my hand right. and i'm going to tase people and you know that ever so sensitive area you don't want to feel oh, it you don't want to feel it there sid especially now with the holiday season i mean i i love being here walking around looking at the, all the windows sacks and uh, macy's and bloomingdale's and they're starting to decorate some of these stores now with thanksgiving being less than a week away this is a great place to be this time of year and they've taken it away from us, the criminals. Now it's time we take it back. Yeah, I don't think it's the criminals. The criminals have always been there, but they're now emboldened because the cops can't do anything because they've been handcuffed by True. the New York City True. Council True. and all these other stupid laws. They can't yeah. even arrest people properly. So it's fine. It's fine. It's it's finally time to put the put the handcuffs where they belong. And sometimes people belong in a place. It's a four letter dirty word, but it needs to be done jail oh. and this report is sponsored by the seafire <laughs> grill uh, yeah right see uh visit the seafire grill in midtown manhattan for a romantic date night by their fireplace or for your next private event it's right around the corner from where we work it's a beautiful venue amazing freshest seafood and the best service you will ever have it's right there in midtown the seafiregrill.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I could just think of all those tunes that while I was studying my exams, before I studied my exam for a sergeant, lieutenant, or captain, I would listen to the hip-hop sounds, and that gave me the energy that I have. Let's be clear. My story is your story. You know, my story is your story. Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected.
vision, dreams of passion. And all the while I think of you. A very strange reaction. The more I see, the more I do. Baby. Uh, that was Eric Adams, the mayor, a couple days ago at uh, City Hall, celebrating uh, 50 years of hip-hop. Next year, I think, is the 50th anniversary. Uh, maybe they're building a museum. I don't even know. But this is Grandmaster Flash, White Lines. I used to like this song. We are waiting on the mayor. He hasn't called in yet. He's late. But, um, well, he's running a big city here. Damn it. Calm down. Jeez. Is he calling us? Or are we calling him, Phillips? He's supposed to call us. Yeah. And I know he is because, you know, he set this view up. I did. I texted him. Uh, we spoke. We speak a lot lately, actually. Mm. Don't worry about it. I'm not saying a thing. You know, people forget that years ago when he was Brooklyn Borough president, you know who he, his favorite show was? And he would call in sometimes without even getting, without even being booked was me and Bernie. And uh, Bernie and Sid had Brooklyn Borough president Eric Adams on all the time, especially during COVID. He was on with me and Bernie a lot. And then, of course, he was elected mayor. And we've had some differences in opinion. Less than you think. Last week, uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and I had the um, fortunate opportunity to have dinner with the mayor. And it was great. We um, talked about personal stuff. We had some laughs. And we brought up some serious topics as well. And the mayor was all too enthusiastic about answering all of it. So with that said, here he is on this Friday morning, Mayor Eric Adams. Mr. Adams, how are you, pal? Hey, how's it going, Sid? And, you know, your wife is a gem. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And it wasn't... It wasn't a few laughs. It was a whole lot of laughs. <laughs> True. No, we did. We had a lot of laughs. We did. It was. It was a. It was a very. It was a fun evening. It really was, Mr. Mayor. And uh, but again, as I said, you know, we discussed some serious topics. I mean, I'll tell you this. I, I uh, promote you coming on. My phone blows up. You tell the mayor. You ask the mayor. Vaccine mandates crime. But you said something a couple of days ago, which I thought was pretty bipartisan, which was. You called out your own party. You called out the Democrats on how they're handling the crime issue. And now, have you gotten any response from any of your colleagues? Or And are you sticking to what you said, Mayor Adams, a couple of days ago, which is my party needs to do a better job? And let's, let's be clear on this. Uh, this is not a Democrat or Republican. This is an American problem. When children are shot, when our streets are filled with guns, and it was about stating that we are doing a good job and we're not informing the public about what we're doing. Look at the, the legislation that we passed, sensible gun laws. Look how we put money back into public safety. And so what I said to the party in a clear way, we need to tell our story and not allow the fringe ends of the party to dictate what we believe everyday working class New Yorkers want and need. And I'm a working class New York, always have been, and will continue to be. Mr. Mayor, we uh, discussed during dinner that night your trip to Albany, and uh, I said to you, listen, I was honest with you, right? Was I not, Eric? I said, look, when you came back and you weren't yelling and screaming about Stuart Cousins and Heasty and all these people, me and Bernie were like, come on, man. 
Come on, Mayor Adams, get pissed. Are you laughing? Because I said it to you at dinner, and you said, Sid, I get it, but it's not that easy because I've got other things I need to deal with. Not that crime isn't the most important, but it's not the only issue, so it's not that easy. So explain to listening audience what you told me and Danielle that night because it did make sense. Well, because here's the, here's the goal. Um, there are many things we must get through the Albany, through Albany. Uh, we're a creature of the state, and it's about whatever disagreements you have, you voice them, and you sit down, but then you have to solve real issues. Like, I needed Albany, and I was successful with Carl and Andrea to get uh, earned income tax credit increased. That put money back into the pockets of low-income New Yorkers. Child care, billions of dollars uh, we were able to get back. NYCHA Land Trust, we were able to get back. Hotel conversions. And so <clears throat> when you go in and you live and die on one issue, and not the multitude of issues that this city needs, you're shooting yourself in the the foot. And so I must be able to sit down and say, here's where we disagree. Here's where we agree. Let's move through those issues that we agree on. That's important. And what people didn't realize, when we went to Albany, we did come back with some uh, reforms around criminal justice. You know, the DAs told us that the collection of evidence and what's called discovery was crucial for us to win, and we were able to make those uh, modifications. But I'm going to continue to pursue what I believe is right. They're going to pursue what, what they believe is right, and we're going to find ways to run the city correctly. You know, Mayor Adams, despite the back and forth between you and Rudy Giuliani, I'm close, you know, uh, with Andrew, you know that. And um, so I was talking to him yesterday, and he said, you know, he said, when my father was mayor, the when he first won, for example, his relationship with the governor Pataki was tenuous at best. But then we had 9-11, and usually when there's a big crisis in New York, even people with huge differences find a way to come together. And he said, really, by the second term, my father and Pataki got along well. So that does bode the question, what is your real relationship, Mayor? Don't give me the press conference nonsense, all right? (laughs) What is your – because I know you, and I know you really do care down deep. What is your real relationship with Governor Hochul? And and I would kid you not, and you know me, uh, throughout the years, uh, you know, when uh, Bernie was here and you, uh, we have real candid conversations on the show. Yes. You know, uh, the Governor Hochul has been an unbelievable ally and friend, real ally and friend. Governor Hochul, uh, when I told her how important it was for us to look at recidivism and to look at uh, discovery laws, she dug in deep, and she didn't have to. And then she sat down in the room with me during the asylum and migrants uh, uh, issue and with the president. And she was uh, stern as hell. When I saw her in the room, I realized we have a real leader here. Uh, she was clear. New York cannot uh, carry this burden. And each time I called the governor, she was there. And I, I believe we're going to have a great run as mayor and governor, and I'm really excited about it. I spoke with her at Somos. I saw the other day at the Urban League. Uh, she reaches out to me. We communicate well. Uh, I think New York is in a great place with a governor and mayor that are on the same side together. All right. I'm not sure all of my listeners agree, but that's okay. That's the beauty <laughs> of this conversation. Because you know, I, will, I will tell you, uh, Mayor, that there are more people willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because you did do a good job as Brooklyn Borough president, and you do seem to have some bipartisan opinions 
Uh, that's not the case with her. I mean, you do realize that during the debate with Lee Zeldin, she actually said, and I quote, Eric, Mr. Mayor Adams, quote, why do you care about that so much? And she was talking about the crime issue here in New York. So she may have those conversations with you, but the average New Yorker has has seen somebody that doesn't seem to care all that much, more concerned about the Buffalo Bills playing a football game in Detroit this weekend than people getting shoved on the subway. No, no, and and I'm t- I am saying to you, if I felt that this was a governor that was not concerned with public safety and we're not aligned, I would clear. I would clearly state that uh, this is a governor that is aligned on crime. Uh, she was with me January sixth. January sixth, she was in the subway station with me when we put in our first phase of the subway safety plan. She we came back to do the second phase, open up mental health beds. Uh, she is just clearly focused on how we make sure that this city, from Buffalo to Buffalo Avenue in Brooklyn, uh, is a safe place. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna focus on that. I know that avenue. Uh, you know, you mentioned January sixth, and you and I don't really have not really talked much about this uh, yet, uh, Mayor Adams. But talking about January sixth, two nights ago, President Trump announced he's going to run again for president, his third time coming up next year. I don't know if you saw the the whole hour-long speech that he made, but you have any opinions on President Trump running again? I don't, I don't think he should. Uh, I believe that for whatever reason, uh, rightfully or wrongfully, uh, it really divided the country during his run as president. And I believe that we should move forward and not go backwards. I don't believe he should run. <clears throat> All right, fair enough. You, did you do? Do you not? Is there any personal uh, relationship between you two? Or anything in the past, or that's just your political feeling? Uh, just a political feeling. Okay. I have no, I have had no interactions with. Uh, the former president at all. Okay, tell me about Rikers Island. I know that, and I agree with you on this one wholeheartedly, that uh, the city should overlook Rikers Island, not the federal government. I know a judge yesterday kept that going, but seems to be an ongoing argument. Why is that the case, and do you think that eventually you guys may lose control of Rikers? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I believe that, you know, the uh, outside monitor as well as the judge uh, is really seeing that we are making real progress. This has been decades in the making. This didn't start in January of 2022. Uh, and when you look at what is happening, what was happening on Rikers Island, we have uh, Commissioner Molina there, who is extremely impressive, bright, and understand uh, the issues. And the judge made the right call. He looked at the facts. He looked at the movements we are making, and he understands. Uh, the, the judge understood that this was a long time in the making of the glut. And and those who uh, don't understand that is trying to turn over this problem to the federal government. And I don't see the federal prisons being uh, run as well as people are saying. But think about this for a moment also, uh, Sid. The same people who are saying we should give it to an outside uh, federal oversight, they were running it. I mean, right. you hear some of the loudest voices. Yep. Yep. Um, what the hell were they doing while yep. they were there? Yep. <laughs> you know, That's a good so question. They yep. couldn't, <laughs> yes. Maybe the reason they don't want us to continue to do what we're doing is because they're going to be ashamed to find out that yep. they failed. Yep. <laughs> we are not going to fail. Two or three more, I'll let you run, Mayor Eric Adams here, kind enough to join me on this Friday morning. I live in a nice area in Queens. You're a Brooklyn boy, and I know your whole history with your mom and all that stuff, and you're actually a pretty good story. 
Um, but I got to tell you, the last thing I want to see in my neighborhood, Eric, is um, is a jail, you know, or even a shelter for that matter. And a lot of folks in these boroughs are very nervous that's going to be the case. Are you going to quell their concerns right now or tell them get ready for it? Well, right now I am bounded by the law that was put in place under the previous administration surround of the borough-based jails. And if anything changes on that, that is going to have to go through the city council. Uh, we have to uh, really be aware that the price tag of these jails have gone up uh, astronomically, and we have to sit down together and determine the future of how we're going to incarcerate individuals in the city who are dangerous offenders. We're not talking about those who commit small crimes. We're talking about serious, dangerous offenders. Uh, we have to do it the right way. Uh, tell me about vaccine mandates for city workers. A lot of people still very upset. I did get on a text from an anonymous person, I'm not going to say who it is, who does serve this city that is still very upset about city workers uh, falling under that category, vaccine mandates, and still not getting paid and still not working. Where are we with that, Mayor Adams? Well, well I think, you know, in every story, there are both sides. Uh, I, I look at the side of the uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of city workers and city residents who understood that we were dealing with a crisis that could have crippled our city, they stepped up. They were uh, true New Yorkers. They knew they had to protect their families and other New Yorkers, and they responded. But but, but, and, you, but you would agree, Eric, that it looked bad when, for example, uh, you know, Aaron Judge is playing right field for the Yankees, or, you know, loudmouth Kyrie Irving is playing basketball in Brooklyn, and Everyday folks, though, putting their lives on the line, weren't able to work. I'm sorry on this one. I have to disagree. That That's not a good look, Mr. Mayor. Not a good look. Uh, well, I, and, I, and, I, and that's the beauty of, you know, when you and I get on, we that healthy disagreement uh, I enjoy. You know, you, are you, you're you like Ali and Frazier. <laughs> you, know, you bring out the best in me, you know? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you know, and I, and I don't. I think that what we did with the uh, sports and entertainers was to equalize the playing field. We were telling other entertainers and, and, and those who come on the stage that they can come here when our athletes could not play here. That was just wrong to do. And we equalized the playing field. But again, those who were not um, working, they determined. They made the decision, and I respect the decisions that people make. Uh, that. It was fought in court. The courts ruled in our favor that we can put in place a mandate for those who were city workers, and that's what we live by. I inherited that, and I followed through on it. Mr. Mayor, would you endorse Hakeem Jeffries right now to replace Nancy Pelosi? Uh, uh, Hakeem is a real friend. Um, I believe that no matter what position he holds in Congress, uh, we are we're really blessed to have him uh, there in Congress. Look, look, we have if the Senate majority leader is from New York City and Brooklyn, uh, if we were to get Hakeem Jeffries as a leader in Brooklyn, I mean, this does so much for our city. And, again, he's a real leader. He's been a friend uh, for many years. I endorsed him when he ran for assembly. I knew he was going to be a star of the party. And I'm happy with whatever future that's in front of him. Last question. You sat there at dinner with me and Danielle. You looked us straight in the face when I said to you, Eric, Mr. Mayor, there's all kinds of rumors. You've been telling people you want to run for president. <laughs> and you said, Sid, my job is to clean up this city. That's what I want to do. Those rumors are just that. Rumors, I'm going to ask it again right now just for listening audience pleasure. Uh, do you have any intention anytime soon of running for president? 
Not at all. You know, you could run the country from New York City. This is the greatest place on the globe. And you know the beauty of it, Sid? Uh, we don't have to agree on everything. We have to agree that we must be safe and raise healthy children and families. And I think that, you know, with, what you and I did uh, with your wife and Tracy and I looking forward to, you know, having dinner with you guys again. Us too. It's just, it just goes to show us that all we have to do is sit down and talk to each other. And so what if we disagree? I don't agree with myself all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But you you want your family protected, your beautiful daughter, and what she's doing, uh, you know, your children. Uh, That's the same I want for Jordan. And we may have different opinions on uh, uh, two out of the ten things, but those eight things, those are the foundation. Uh, foundational things that make us great as a country. And I'm just going to continue to believe that. Hey, listen, you were great at dinner. You were great this morning. And uh, I'm rooting for you. New York is rooting for you because we need to get back where we were. And um, uh, listen, the two times I've just spoken to you, I really have the confidence that you can do that. So thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you. Let me me share this for you before I go. Um, You know, and I said, as someone someone came up to me one day and said, "Listen, I hope I hoped you fell. I hoped you fell. You know, because they heard some other people say, listen, good luck to you, Eric. We wish you well.'" And they came and said, "I hope you fell." And I shared with them, "Hey, listen, guy, don't you know I'm the pilot of this plane and you a passenger on it? Yeah. If yeah. I go down, you go down. That's right. <laughs> we all die. <laughs> <laughs> we all die. You should be landing that. I let." praying that I land this plane. <laughs> you're right. No, listen, if you crash a plane, we all die. That's true. Right. right. That's, that so, is well said. I got to yeah. fly this thing. I got to fly the economy. I got to fly public safety. I got to fly housing. If I crash, then our families crash. We in this plane together, buckle up. We're going to go through some turbulence, but I'm going to put this plane down on the ground and we're all going to, going to get there safely. That is a perfect way to end this conversation. Hey, uh, happy Thanksgiving. I look forward to meeting Tracy and the whole thing. You were great today, uh, Mayor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, buddy. Take care. There he is, folks, the mayor of New York City, a very candid, honest, and great conversation. Eric Adams will take a short break, come back with the fourth and final hour. Still lots more to do. Stay with me, Sid, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Ernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Go there and see the John Lennon, I guess you'd call it, um, memorial. I, Strawberry Fields in Central Park. I've never gone to that. And I lived right by Central Park. I was in Central Park all the time. My beautiful wife ran that park every day, training oh, for the marathon. Always busy. But you, you've been to it, the actual yes. line? In, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's I should have asked Mayor Adams about that. <laughs> we asked about everything else. Donald Trump, Hakeem Jeffries, Rikers Island, vaccine mandates, crime, Kathy Ockel. 
What did I just tell you yesterday? Okay. Don't say bad things about my friend. All what right. is the matter with you? I'm sorry. I feel like Robert De Niro in Goodfellas. I'm you know, don't don't buy anything. Yeah, don't buy anything. I'm channeling my Kevin Durant. This sorry. morning show has never said anything bad about him before in the past. Doesn't matter what happened in the past, okay? Things do matter in the past. No, they don't. Hey, you guys are always complaining about you want the truth. You want the truth from you guys. And then when they're giving you truth, you don't like it. You got to move on from this Kevin Durant thing, bro. It's like keeping you up at night. My God, Lewis. I couldn't Jeez. sleep all last night. Nothing keeps me up at night. Sorry. Uh, no. Nothing does. No. What about the traffic on the Brooklyn Bridge at 430 in the morning? I, I do not want to talk about that. <laughs> See, that keeps him up at night. Yeah, well, at least I'm I'm warning you about no, it. No, I, 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 I appreciate that. Uh, three consecutive days I got the text this morning. Freddie already went past it. So we we uh, we sat in a little bit of traffic, but thank you for that. Oh, so what is what is there actually in uh, in Strawberry Fields and Central, which is like his albums or something? It's or? a it's a, um, a, a, a concrete um, fixture. Oh. Yeah, right. it's 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 says Strawberry Fields. There's plants all around it. Not in his albums and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. People oh. leave things there all the time because it's, yeah, it's actually... condoms. Yeah, he might come there and pick syringes. them up. Syringes. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, John, love you. Yeah. Right. But of course, it was right across the street from where he lived. From the Dakota. From the Dakota, yes. What was the name? Which was a creepy. It's a creepy. Very creepy. Name. What was the name, Macedonia Bill, of the man that shot and killed... John oh, that, that was John Stamos. That's exactly right. Oh, so honest. He's all over it. Wow. He's all over he it. He is. Yeah. Who says he doesn't know what the heck's going what on? What book was in John Stamos's back pocket at the time of the shooting? <laughs> Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf is exactly right. He's stupid, too. Well done, Phil. Thank you. You my, are all over it. Thank you. Mein Kampf. <laughs> This just in. Yeah. New details on the Lennon shooting. So all the people that were uh, texting me before Mayor Adams came on, and they were, you know, they, they they actually were texting me questions. Can you ask him about blah blah blah? But it was angry. You could tell the text was angry. They all sent me great interview, and a lot of these people are Mayor Adams' biggest detractors. But this is where they showed me that they're adults, that they didn't love every answer, they didn't love a lot of the answers. In fact, one person said to me he didn't answer anything. But but it was a great interview in that. You asked him all the important stuff, and at least you got it out there, whether he answered it or not. One other person, who is not a big Mayor Adams fan, said to me, I'm starting to like him more. Keep bringing him back. So this is uh, how it works. But I'm going to keep bringing him back, and we'll, and we'll go for dinner. And Because if I could help with this city, I mean, I'm just a dopey radio host. I understand that. I'm not the mayor. I'm not Rudy Giuliani. I'm not even Andrew Giuliani. But if I could help, and Eric Adams, for some reason, and I can't explain why, he seems to care, what I think. And Danielle, for that matter. He really likes Danielle. And um, if I could help, I'll do it. Because in the end, we need a healthy city. And you can tell by that conversation, forgetting about the questions on the politics, I think you can tell, if you're a good listener, that he does care what I think, and therefore what I think means what our listeners think, what you guys think out there. We well, wouldn't have done this. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to do this. He could easily go on like he does with Joe and Mika and Al Sharpton. And uh, what's that horrible show you used to work on across the street with those two nice people? Um, with Len? Yeah, that terrible Len show. <laughs> they're both, they're both uh, liberals. He could do that. It'd be great. It'd be a great time. Well, Charlemagne the God all day oh, long. Oof, oof, oof. Uh. He, he knows coming here is not going to be easy. 
But he said, and he was honest, that's okay. It's okay. To, exactly what Bill O'Reilly talked about on his morning message today. At some, at some time, and this is not healthy, folks, all kidding aside, it's not funny and it's not healthy. At some time, somewhere, a lot of us decided that it was our way or the highway. You either love Donald Trump or, or you're not a Republican. If you talk to Eric Adams, you're woke. Now, look, I do draw the line at certain people. Kathy Hochul will never be on this show. That's my choice. Can I get her on? Of course I can. Of course I can. I don't want her. And this is no disrespect to any other host in town who may have her, including one of my best friends, and you know who I'm talking about. Andrew Cuomo, never going to be on this show. Never. Don't want him. The reason why I bring on the mayor is, is because despite what you guys think, and again, this dates back to the days when Bernie and Sid, Bernie was alive and liked him a lot. I was really the one, if you listen to this show, you know this is true, I was the one who turned Bernie off to Adams. Bernie spent a lot of months doing this. It's still early. Give him a chance. He's better than de Blasio. Remember all those things? He did that for months. And I was like, Bern, come on, come on. So I was the one who moved Bernie off of Eric. But I saw enough of Adams as a borough president and during our few conversations that made me believe he actually does care. Even Moody Giuliani the other day said, with me, he said, I really thought when Eric Adams won that he cared. And, and by the way, Rudy was right then. His initial reaction was right. Since then, he's furious, and he should be because, let's face it, the mayor has not said very nice things about Rudy, which I'm not happy about. And I told that to him, and therefore, I am still setting up this dinner, which is going to happen 100% between Giuliani and Adams. But Rudy, you know, now becomes personal, and Rudy's right. Rudy's right. But his initial feeling that, hey, this guy may make it better, I think was right. So every now and then, when you've got somebody who's in a position of power, who, of course, can make things better or worse in a city where our kids are growing up, I don't know about you, but yes, my daughter is in Europe, but my son... He's going to turn 14 on Thursday. 14. He's still a baby. On Thursday. And he travels between Manhattan and Queens every day and goes to school. And I worry about Gabriel. And to me, that's more important than going on the air and just ripping somebody apart because, you know, 10 of you out there think if you don't do that, then you're not a real Republican or you're, you're a woke. You're, a, you're a, all that nonsense. I'm tired of all of it. I'm tired of it. I really am. I'm a Trump supporter to the nth degree. Lee Zeldin will tell you there's not a host in this city, not one, not one, that did more for him than I did. Not one. But given the opportunity to sit down face-to-face with a man that runs this city, what idiot would say no? What idiot? Even Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani kills this guy every day. Two days ago, I said to Andrew, I called him, I go, will you call your father and come to hit just hit the brakes? I'm not saying don't go after him. That's what he does. Just pump the brakes once. You just said last week without any hesitation, yes, I want to have dinner with the guy. Did he not? He was enthusiastic about it. I heard it. Yes. Even Rudy. Because Rudy loves this city. 
And I love this city. And I think Eric likes this city. I do. And <laughs> I hope so. Oh, he's, yeah, but he's pulled. You know, he's got all these Democrats. He's idiots. It's Oakle. And he can say all the nice things he wants about her. She's a witch. She's a witch. And he's got these other these people up in Albany. They're no good. And people like Chuck Schumer, who's a lowlife. It's only he's a lowlife. And then he's being pulled in 90 different directions, but he's not stupid. He knows what the city needs. So he made the decision to come on today, and I thought he was very good. And if you didn't think so, well, that's fine. What happened uh, about 40 minutes ago was very American, the way it's supposed to be. You know, they always talk about the left democracy, democracy. That was very democratic. Liberal, I guess. He doesn't, he hates that term. He's Democrat mayor, Republican radio host, sit down and try to figure out what's right, what's wrong, and what's going to make this city better. And if you're really against it, like if you're on Facebook right now, you're, you're a moron. I, I got to make this, who cares? Like Lou, I think Lou goes on with other people's names and says bad things about me. Like Casey Jackson, is that Mark Chernoff? That has only happened once or twice. I I got rid of my ghost uh, account. No, you told me that that's not Mark. It's not Mark Chernoff. I was told that. Yeah, I was told a couple times. No, I saw something yesterday. It made sense, though. That I I know. I thought because it always seemed that way. Seemed like he had inside knowledge. Right now, you're a very busy guy. You get up in the middle of the night, like me. You're here about the same time as me early in the morning. That's right. You do this show. Yes. Then you do a Brian Kilmeade show. Correct. You also do Curtis's show. That is correct. So you are responsible for, th- that's a lot of work, three shows. Oofa. And yes. then you got to drive back to Queens. Yep. Right. That's traffic. Right. That's worse going and, home. And then eventually Pleasure MJ at some point tonight. Yeah. Right. Well, that doesn't take too long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, where do you have the time Lou Rufino, to actually list the playlist of music on Facebook. <laughs> did I see that? I did it yesterday, yes. Well, what, well, now, why was that? What? I just thought people were asking for a while. They have been asking, right? They love the music on yeah. the show. So yeah. I figured, but you and I do together. You're right. Yeah. So I thought, okay, let's see if they really want to hear it, if they really want it, and I'll see how long I can do it. Well, you like actually said, said, right. I said, yeah. I don't know how long I can do this. I thought it was great. That's okay. It looks cool. I like. I it like does looking look cool. at it in its yeah. entirety. It yeah, was, yeah. It's, that's cool stuff. So, so you write these down every day, or you just? I, I haven't been writing them down every day. Are you kidding? So, how would you do it today, for example? I I wrote it down today. Oh, you did. Okay, cool. I cool. wrote. I yeah. wrote. I have the list right. I mean, we had Led Zeppelin today. We've got Leonard Skinner today. We've got Grandmaster Flash. White lines blow away. What else we got That's today? Nothing like uh, Rosenberg doing rap songs. We got Manfred Mann. We had Bruce Springsteen for Chris Russo. Counting Crows. Pink oh. Floyd. Dire Straits. Are you, are you, listen, let me tell you Van something. Halen. Q104, Jimmy Carr, he doesn't hold a candle to us. That. We are the greatest rock and roll station ever. <laughs> <laughs> We've turned into a modern-day Scott Muni. Two for Tuesday. <laughs> Talking heads coming up next. <laughs> Rocktoberfest. Oh, Rocktoberfest. <laughs> Carol Miller, please. Near, please. Who else? Um, Dave Herman. Dave oh, wait, Her- oh no, 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 you don't want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, Never mind. Yeah. Kenny Dashow, get out of here. <laughs>
<laughs> Lou Rubino and Sid Rosenberg, that's where rock and roll lives. You're home for rock and roll. Ah, rock and roll. We even played the Who yesterday. Nobody plays the Who, not even Roger Daltrey. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Can't hear it. Oh, ah. boy. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Plus, I got to read Mein Kampf at night. Right, you have to so, do that. That takes a long a time. Lot. And listen to all your John Lennon music as yeah. well. That's right. Yeah. John Stamos. No time. Doing a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on right it. <laughs> Nothing is real. Nothing to get home about. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The great Nick Kershaw. I love when people spell Nick N-I-K, which is what he does. They played this uh, song, which was one of my favorites in the 80s. Wouldn't it be good in the movie Pretty in Pink, I believe. The Molly Ringwald classic. Great hair on Nick Kershaw. Yeah, not on her. No, not on her. She had that uh, short red hair. I I never understood why people thought she was cute. I didn't, but... Not me either. No. But she was famous. Yeah. What's-his-name loved her in... um, was it Andrew McCarthy? Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody here does not know what we're talking about. But Andrew so McCarthy, sure they do. This, uh, they're all our age. No, no, our no, listeners. not the listeners. I'm talking about people. Oh, guys. like Phil and something. Now they're stupid. Yeah, I, know. Uh, yeah, not, I'm, I don't I yeah. decipher a single word. What actress was Andrew McCarthy? Not Andrew McCarthy. How about this one? What actress was Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother, in love with in the movie St. Elmo's Fire? Demi Moore. Nope. I knew you were going to say that. Nope. Demi Moore did not have a boyfriend in the movie. She kept sleeping with the Saudi princes and all that. Rob Lowe had the ugly girlfriend. What's her oh, name? Oh, oh, oh. Come this, on. This, this woman was Come with on. A, a medical student yes! or something. Yes. Come right? on. And he rang the door. Dr. Bierman, whatever her name was. Come on. Very oh, famous. Wow. 
She was, uh, yeah. She, she was, was in Green Card, I think. Oh, with... oh, okay. I know. <laughs> You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> Andy McDowell. Yes! Ah, yes! Yeah. Very Woo! good. Emilio Estevez and Andy McDowell. Okay, let's see if your 80s. By the way, Judd Hirsch was with... Um, Judd Hirsch? Not Judd Hirsch. Judd Nelson. <laughs> Judd Hirsch was in uh, Taxi. Taxi. Judd Nelson Riga. was with Ali Sheedy, but Andrew McCarthy had a crush on Ali Sheedy and actually banged her in the movie once. And then he came back to her, and she's like, once is enough. See ya. I'm going back to Judd. Remember they were split up the Springsteen and Billy Joel albums? That was great. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I what was my question? Oh, yeah. you're, it was, it was going to be a music question. It was uh, Fire away. To, to what, the Do They Know It's Christmas song. Do you remember that? When they got all those was artists together? Brian Adams? No, that was the American version. Oh, that was oh. We Are the World. No, no, no. No, it was like John. Uh, do, you, do They Know It's Christmas? Do They Know It's Christmas was the U.K., Right. Artists. Oh, it was George Michael? Me? I don't even the know first who it was. Vo- the first, th- this one's a tough one. The first voice you hear on the song. The first voice you the hear on that pre- song. Is, if you get this, now try to think of who the John people- Lennon. No. No. No, he was he was dead. Oh, John was dead. Yeah, he was dead. That already. means he can't be in the song? Well, well they, could, <laughs> they could put up a cardboard I saw Forrest Gump hanging out with Richard Nixon. He was dead. Uh, give me one clue. Because I do like that song. Do, uh, um... Yeah, do they know it's Christmas? Uh, do they know? Wasn't Brian Adams because he's Canadian? Let's see if I if it's. In do you even know the answer to this? Of course I know the answer. I love to it, it when people ask questions and they have no idea what the answer is. Macedonia, Phil, do you have any idea what we're talking about here? Any idea? What? <laughs> no, I'm not paying any attention because I don't care. I'm going right. to be frank. You know, you remember yesterday? Don't when, be frank. Just be Phil. Remember if yesterday? I want to frank, I'd call okay. Morano. No, that's a good one. Thank you, Morano. First right. time anyone's ever made that joke. Shut up. Yesterday you said... Uh, you what wa- was my orcas talking about? Oh, probably uh, yesterday he was talking. Yeah. What was he talking about? I pulled the cuts. I know. What, what is he in charge of, my orcas? The Department of uh, Homeland of Security. Kind of- the Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Were they talking about the southern border? They were. Yeah. And what was he saying? There's no issues? Uh, you have the cuts. You have the I'm asking you, damn it. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I do don't remember, want, honestly. Do you, do you want to hear? Do you want to see? Yeah, let me let me hear this song thing first. Go ahead, play it. Okay. Because Frankie Kravitz just texted me, but I don't want to look at his text because I think he has the answer. I love this song. Like the song, Bill? Oh my God! I it's haven't heard Christmas it. Time. Who's that? Who's that? It's Christmas time. Tough one. I don't know who that is. Guy, but he's a good-looking guy. Adam Ant? It's Christmas time. What the hell is that? I don't know who that is. No Give me a hint. What's his initials? I, I actually have to think for a second. Oh, he doesn't <laughs> even know the answer. I, I, I can't believe he's done what I thought answer. he was going to do. I knew you weren't going to know. He's looking in the comments. I do know the answer. When you get the answer, let me know. Play these Mayorkas' cuts for now, though, because uh, on the Hill yesterday, they grilled FBI Director Christopher Wray. He completely embarrassed himself. Then he hopped on a jet, went on vacation. They're like, where are you going? He's like, I had a vacation planned, and I'm taking you a damn plane. You want to talk about arrogance? Actually, before you even play Mayorkas, you got to play Josh Hawley. Oh, not him. Yeah, you got to. He's uh, out of uh, Missouri. So he goes to Christopher Wray. He's like... Hey, before you go on vacation, you think you're doing a good job? And uh, the back and forth was hilarious. Senator Josh Hawley out of the great state of uh, Minnesota. This would be cut number 10. I think the last time that I got to visit with you was 
back in August, August 4th of this year, you were at the Senate Judiciary Committee. You remember that, I assume. We had to cut that hearing short. We were supposed to do two rounds of questions. You said you had to be somewhere, so we <laughs> cut it short. Republicans were not able to ask a second round as we had been informed we would. The press reported shortly thereafter that the reason that the hearing had to be cut short is because you were flying on a Gulfstream jet <laughs> for a personal vacation in the Adirondacks. Please tell me that's not accurate. Oops. Senator, the hearing was cut short, was not cut short from my experience. We had agreed beforehand on the time and, and, uh, and length of it. And my, I was very surprised to find that the, any man on the committee was surprised. Uh, as to how I uh, fly, I am required, not only uh, permitted, but required to fly uh, on uh, an FBI plane wherever I go. That's so, so you were going on vacation? I was, yes. <laughs> so guess what? Yesterday, the same thing. He's on the Hill, Christopher Ray, trying to defend the FBI with all these social media deals and all the monies and all the corruption that, 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 that they're clearly involved with. And again, he's going on vacation. Here's Senator Josh Hawley, cut number 11. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. <laughs> and frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. Oh, my God. I just got erect. Oh, that is hot. Damn. I don't. You should have been gone a long time ago. Oh, God. That is great. All right. Here are my two guesses. Okay. Guess number one. Boy George. No, he is one of the first, though. He's, he's in that group. Guess number two. He's not English, though. He's Irish. Bono? He's he's in the first couple of uh, I guess lines too. But it's not that neither no. one of those are correct. No, you have no idea what the answer is well, though. It, you ready? Oh, you have the answer. Oh, I know the answer. Give me his initials. P Y. Paul Young. That's it. Every time you go away. That's it. Yes, it's every it. time you go away. That guy. Yep. Oh yeah, that is Paul Young. Yep. No you know. Let's see. If that is him. Is. Yeah, of course it is. He got some big. It's funny that he was the first guy, though. He was big back then. Yeah, I don't know. Bigger than Bono? Not bigger than Bono, but. Oh, boy, George. Come a chameleon, baby. It is so unbelievable how old this is. It's a great song, though. You know what's funny about Paul Young? I I was listening to some of my older music yesterday, and um, for some reason on my iPad, I've got like five consecutive songs. From Richard Marks, like um, you know some of his songs, yeah, right? I, uh, uh, yeah, that don't mean nothing. That's there's a bunch of uh, good yeah, songs I, that he I, did. I'm... Hold on to the night. Right. He wrote a lot of songs for other people too. He did. Yeah, he was a big songwriter. He's... So like those two guys, Paul Young and Richard Marks, they were big in the eighties. Yeah, big. Not like Bono, obviously, or Boy George. Man, but so the... look at George Michael here. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah, wow. he's he's already long dead. That's what's unbelievable. He's long dead. And the guy playing drums? Is? Phil Collins. That's correct. Ah, yeah, yep. baby. Yep. Better drummer, Phil Collins or Sheila E. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't laugh. She was actually a pretty good drummer. She uh, still is, I should say. I think Kevin Durant. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the difference. Phil Collins didn't bang Prince. Sheila E. did. Uh, I don't think he banged Tone Nolan either. Joe, uh, what do you think about that Christmas song? You like that one? 
Here he I is. I love that song. Isn't that one of the best Christmas oh, songs yeah, ever? Yeah, yeah, I remember I'm last looking... year, John Katsimatidis <laughs> had us go to Christmas music very, very early. Do you remember that? It was like yeah. about this time. We were actually, they told us we have to play Christmas music. I remember that very clearly. There was like a list. Yeah, there was a whole list. There was like and a then, list. It was like, the, I think it was, it might have been like the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was. And they made a scrap all of our music. And I was that. like, wait a second, it's too early. You know, by the time I got to deck the halls for the hundredth time, I was like, come on. <laughs> but I got to tell you, now I'm kind of missing some of that Christmas music, so. I heard, was, a, I heard something stupid like you can't play Mariah Carey before December 1st why is in that? New York. Some ordinance now. There's an the, ordinance? I think that I heard it yesterday. Now I heard it on the news. Well, thing. we have to play an next coming back then. Yeah. We no, have to break the ordinance. No, why? <laughs> Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Marks. <laughs> Hold on to the nights. We got Chris Libertini and Chris Pavona with their holding up their, their lights. That their, their, I guess it would be a, uh, a lighter Somebody if they're at a concert. Yeah. That's very cute, guys. Nicely done. Richard Marks, one of the all-time greats here at 947. Some of the few of the age that would remember. Right, Richard right. Chris would know it. Uh, both those Chris's would yeah. know it. What is this? One uh, of the all-time greats of what? Don't worry about it. I didn't ask you. When is this Herschel Walker uh, race? Uh, it feels like it's going to be like forever. Well, what is the date of that again? December 6th. And what is today's date? Uh, November 18th. Oh, my God. But, like, how many yeah, weeks six. away now? Like 11, I think. Come on. Jeez. My math's not really them. Ralph Napolitano. Your testosterone drops 247 points when you play Richard Marks. Why are guys like that? I always uh, say that to you. Like, why do they think that? That's so stupid. Well, that one's a little extreme, like, on the bad ends of testosterone. That Richard Marks? You... Yeah, well, listen to it. It's got nothing to it. It's I never figured out the... You like I like him. You like this music? Who, me? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. okay. A lot I like it, actually. He's very comfortable with himself. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm sorry for you. 
That's fine. <laughs> but this <laughs> idea, like, guys think, like, you're not a tough guy if you listen to Neil no, Diamond. It's, it's, or no, Richard it's not Marks. about being a tough guy. The music just sucks. <laughs> well, that, listen, you're entitled to say that, but you're not saying my testosterone drops. It started playing. And no, Phil, I don't care about Phil that. Phil goes, well, what the hell is this? Well, Phil, well, Phil, what do you like? What music do you like? I'm just uh, curious. I don't know. I don't, I don't even care. Who cares what you like? God, you, <laughs> why is he getting so much airtime these days? Why, why do you even care what Phil thinks? I didn't. I didn't ask you. Literally, oh, you no, asked I me. I did I ask you. You know, there was a couple of p- people that sent me direct messages yesterday. Fans of the show, of course. <laughs> Turn off my. And mic. they actually wanted more Phil. I'm oh, like, okay. I, I mean, come on, stop. Yeah, I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> no, that's true. I, well, you wouldn't know that because they sent me the messages. <laughs> but. How you. many relatives does he have? Technically, I don't right? know. Jeez. They're like, I got to tell you, this guy, I don't know where you found this guy. And I'm like, I don't even know where I found I this guy. I just showed up one day and they're like, do you work here? I was like, I guess. <laughs> Who hired you? Uh, Matt did. Meanie. Matt Meanie? Yes. Well, Actually, Meanie, no. Meanie's a first, genius. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, did. he was the one who hired me here. What, when did you come here? How long ago? I was here for like a year. A year? Yeah. What were you doing before you worked with me? Uh, I was cleaning toilets mostly. <laughs> No, really, what show did you work on? Well, I, I I worked in promotions first. Promotions? Like I was helping at like events. Events? What that, did you do? Like hand out T-shirts? Yeah, essentially. I handed out like T-shirts. And, oh, yeah. and um, then whose idea was it to bring you onto any radio show? Uh, Meanie? Meanie's the one who interviewed me, yeah. What was the first radio show you ended up on? Uh, I <laughs> the first one I trained on was for Greg Kelly. Right, and he had no he had no interest in you, or did he? No, I worked right. on Murano for a while. He had no interest in you either, right? No, Murano liked me. He was actually yeah, but, but were you on the air? Were you a major part? See, here's the difference between these was, other people. I mean, I love Frankie. Frank's a great talent, great talent. But no one knows how to do this uh, like I just did it. Like I learned from Don. So I I look at a guy like you. With the rest of these people, nah, they like you. They talk fantasy basketball, but they don't understand the talent that you've got. And I'm the guy that puts you on the air because I can see that because Don did the same thing with me. Sending with Frankie Diaz, Mike Gar- I mean, you guys would have no chance of ever being on any other radio show in the world. Trust me. Thanks. But I, I see there's something in all of you. <laughs> and then I end up putting you on the air and you become... You know, whatever you are, I don't Superstars. know. Superstars. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about all that. You I'm mean, just the guy who talks. Who's sometimes. the biggest star right now, Frankie? You or, or Macedonia, Phil? Well, honestly, honestly, uh, probably Phil. Probably Phil. I mean, really? we're, both, we're both we're both on the radio every single day. Not not even just on Bernie on on this show, right? Because uh, I do news and he does sports throughout the day. But nobody cares about that stuff. So, well, but no, no they only know you because of me, right? I mean, I mean. So who's also, the biggest star? Probably Phil, because he's more he's more closely you know related to the show than I am. Even though I'm here, are, are you sad day. about that? Are you, no, not necessarily. Are you jealous? I'm not. A star. No. Do you want more airtime on this show? I, 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 what can I, you do for <laughs> for us on this show that would? Uh... I, I mean, I don't know because I'm I, I'm like this is your elevator I'm pitch. Like, you got 15 I, seconds. This is it. Frank. We're on the fifth floor already, Frank. Bring an interesting commentary to the show. That's all I can. Well, you do say. do that every now and then. I know, I know. I mean, because I have that sort of like middle of the road uh, viewpoints. With see, everything see, what happens is when you bring them on, they try to explain themselves, then it's all over. Then you, <laughs> then you start to wonder why you put them on in the first place. Um, but you do. You're like a newsy guy. You know things. Yeah, you're, you know, you're I, pretty I, smart. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Renaissance man. As, why do you as, have, as, see, as, this is where he gets carried. Why do you have Jesus Christ, a Renaissance? I mean, come on. Because I know a little bit about everything. I know a little bit about Why do you put me on? I don't know about anything. Well, that's why. Because I need a foil. So, and I played that role for many years. So you, you, you provide the foil because 
you act dumb when you're not as dumb as you act, even though you're, you're pretty dumb. Oh, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. And the act, acting. That's, that's what's going I, on. I here. think Frankie is smarter I'm than okay. you. Okay. But I'm not sure who's more entertaining at this point. Yeah, well, who's yeah. more entertaining, Phil or Frankie? Well, I... I would have to say right now, I will give Phil, it to Phil. I know you. I like could Phil. juggle with my feet. I, I, I will also. I will. I will <laughs> definitely agree with that. I love them okay. both, of right. but I'm not right. going to give you that answer because you're going to yell at me. No, I'm not going to say a word. Oh, you guys favorites. never give me an answer. I don't like to cause any friction amongst no, the rest of the cast. So like, Phil like is now. like a dry, you know, dumb. He's right. like, I like the color brown some days. And that's funny. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. I'm happy for both you kids. And, um, you know, listen, you'll be gone one day like Luke Lugano was here and made him a star. And somebody else will be sitting there doing the same thing because the truth is, as long as I'm here, whoever you guys, whether you're there or not, that, that person will be a star. That's how it works. Even Justin Ellick made into a star. Who the hell was Justin Ellick? He has t-shirts now. He has t-shirts. He so made that. I know. He has t-shirts. I know. I'm Justin Ellick. That's true. I still, I still don't know who he is. <laughs> to be fair, I've, been, I've sat here through four different call screeners. Yeah, that's true, right? And they only became superstars. God, Here's more Richard Boss. Sucks. sucks. <laughs> Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> That's it, folks. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, the folks have to do their own show. So, heck of a job by all of our guests today, starting earlier with Ron and Sana. Christopher Mad Dog Russo was outstanding. So was Mayor Eric Adams. I want to thank uh, all the guys on the show. Lou Rufino for an amazing week. I'll see you at lunch. Join the Jets and Giants. All right. Uh, Macedonia Phil, great job this week as always. Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E. That's odd. Deb Valentine, always amazing. Noam Laden, the whole crew. Go out there, folks. Enjoy your weekend. God willing, we'll all be back with you 6 o'clock a.m. on a Monday morning. Let's go Jets and Giants. Until Monday, folks, from all of us to all of you, good night, Bernard. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.